Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a very, very special guest this evening, a gentleman whom I've known for quite a few years now. We've shared some ups, we've shared some downs, but mostly really great times. A gentleman who's got a lot of uh, knowledge and background into cars and was one of the gentlemen who uh, placed first for the first time in a race in his little British car. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bob Kanza. Hey, hi guys out there. Uh, Burke and Scott, thank you so much for inviting me on your show. Uh, it's kind of an honor, you know? <laughs> not something I do very often, uh, not at all. So this is really cool. Thanks for it and everything like that. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> you, wow. won't, you won't say it's awesome until you've seen the whole thing but yeah okay, great. <laughs> we'll wait till that's over but, uh... he, he really made you sound like you were important now remember i've met you so i know the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm important in my own mind yeah but you know it's sort of like uh, you do a lot of things with a lot of people and uh try to make a lot of people happy with all everything we do so that's always cool well we actually uh, I just met Bob this past weekend or this past week. So this was my first time in, in, in the world of Buccaneer Bob, uh, <laughs> who I'm finding out is like one of the most important people on Putin Bay Island. Oh, I, I wouldn't, I don't know about that, but I, I, I do my fair share. You know, I, uh, I, I, I got my nose in a little bit of everything. You know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're pretty busy up there. You, you go to the real bar and 
every person in the bar comes up to Bob to shake his hand, hug him, or give him something else. It's just kind of like Norm at Cheers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, the thing is, I even know some of them back. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's one of those things where I guess I have a familiar face or I don't know, maybe it's just everything we're involved in, things that we're doing. This is both Mary and I. And it's just a matter of people come up to me all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a conversation with them. I'm like, hey, Mary, who was that? <laughs> or something like, who was that? And they're like, oh, that's so, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You know, I, I try not to be too fake about that. And, and there are times when I've said, hey, how do I know you? <laughs> you know? Mary's a good handler for you. It's it's all good. <laughs> no, no. I, I still, well, your entire, well, not your entire, but most of your family was up there. Uh, your son, Alex, was, was up there helping with the car. And right. I, I met Alex. We all went out to the real bar one night. And every time you popped up to go say hi to someone else, he was like, well, there goes dad being dad. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's social butterfly. Social butterfly. Yeah, you know, that served me real well, though. And I enjoy that. I uh, enjoy knowing a lot of people and talking to a lot of people. But it's, uh, it, I don't want to say it's schmoozing, because it's really not. I just enjoy a lot of people and what they do. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting people up there. Uh, but not just there. I mean, I could say that for everything and everybody. You know, it's... Uh, uh well you and burke are very interesting people that's very true look what you're doing here you know but uh like i showed you a little bit earlier i wear a lot of different hats and we have a lot of interest you know uh you were talking about you know i'm here to try to talk about the race car stuff today you got that uh behind you putting bay races which is the coolest thing ever you know that's, we we were all up there to help Bob in any way, shape, or form. Actually, I have I have wanted to do that race for a long time, and I just never was able to do it. And now that I'm a little bit more solidified in in my in my life and have things, I have time. I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm just gonna fly up to Ohio. We're gonna go do this race. And thankfully, Bob let us go and and play with some of his stuff now now we're gonna go over pretty much everything that we did cool so let's do that the the first day that we got there burke and i could not find our hotel impossible for some reason the door the entry door to our hotel is in an alley and nobody told us we didn't actually get to to speak to bob because we got there so late as a matter of fact we got there in time for the parade laps that you guys were doing through the old street course. And I was so upset because I thought I was filming them because I saw you go by twice, but I was only taking pictures. I was so ticked off. Although I got a picture of Amber's car, which we didn't know her until later on. So, yeah. Absolutely. Amber's car? Who, who, who is Amber? I mean, there's a lot of people. Amber Stevenson? Uh, the, the, the open... The open wheel car that beat uh, the Cox Wonder car. Woman. Oh, oh, the Wonder Woman car. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The Formula Ford. Yeah, she was a quick driver and a quick car. Ooh. Oh, really? And I didn't realize how how uh, how big she actually is. She's she races SCCA stuff 
all the time. They actually did a huge article about her and her wife. Uh, what was her her Serena? Serena. Um, it, it it was a great article. It was on SCCA's uh, website. If you guys go and search Amber Stevenson, Stevenson, and uh, uh, it, it's a great article about her. I think it's on RaceChick.com as well. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the one of the uh, people that we stay with. A shout out to uh, Sharon and Craig Cox. They have a place to put in bay there, and he allows me to go ahead and use his hangar, which is a phenomenal facility up on uh, the airport of put in bay. And uh, I believe Sharon is also on racechick.com. Uh, I think she is. Find her okay, okay, I, I, I think she is, you know. And uh, I think it's a great organization to bring those ladies together, you know, if they need that. And it's, it's awesome. Well, when, when I was working in the arca remax series they had just started race chick and uh, uh i worked for a company called k racing out of arkansas one of their drivers was amber cook she was one of the first female drivers in arca um there were only three female drivers ever in arca as at least that one amber was in so okay. i think race chick has done tremendous things to build uh, females in the sport of racing. Yeah, and, there are, and as you yeah, saw are, in those races, those women are good. Yeah, there we have quite a. Um, I don't want to say quite a few, but uh, vintage racing does have a lot of ladies. Uh, some of them are just there of their own interest. Some of our wives picked it up from their husbands and just decided to racing too. Uh, of course, you met the two girls this weekend, and of course Sharon. So I mean, there's three ra- ladies right there racing vintage. Um, but there's a uh, girl that runs a what's called a Unipower, which is sort of like a, a slick-looking mini in a way. And <laughs> um, there was there's a couple of girls that run MGAs that I know of. One of them is very competitive, and she could whip my butt on the track. That's for sure, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, it, it's sort of like what's really cool is you know, regardless of who you are, when that helmet's on, you don't know if it's a girl, it's a guy or whatever that person is. You're out there as competitors and you're racing and that's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah, so so the first night that I met you, we hung out in your in your uh hangar or Craig's hangar. In Craig's hangar. Uh, right, and right. and I do have to say thank thanks to Craig uh Craig and Sharon. They were phenomenal hosts. Gracious hosts. Yeah, but God bless them. Oh, uh, they were just fun people to be around. Um Anyways, we, we went and hung out in the, the hangar, and I heard all kinds of stories. Um, actually, before we got to the hangar, we, we went to the car show. And Bob knows every car that's there. <laughs> I'm, he takes us around the loop. He's like, oh, and here's this TR6, which he actually showed us the, the black and silver TR675 blew everyone's doors away over the weekend right right that's a uh a, a famous actor who actually did not know him he never saw himself as an actor but he was a race car driver who did some acting oh, that new. was his car then huh uh it was uh, now i don't know if it was his car or a what they considered a tribute car so i'm not mm. exactly sure of that 
Um, but regardless, they call it the Paul Newman tribute car. So I don't know if it's his car or just one tributed to him. Uh, regardless, uh, Paul went ahead and drove a TR6 quite successfully in SCCA for quite some time. This one either is his or one set up to the same exact specs. Regardless, uh, both the driver and car are just blindingly fast. That's oh my God, uh, that car, it sounded so good and it, it dominated its class. Oh my God. That, that um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. So, so we actually went and looked at all these cars before many of them got out there. The, the Lala cars were phenomenal. They were in great <laughs> shape. Um, the, the picture that Burke has up right now behind him is Goodwin's car, um, which I think that car is up for sale right now. It is. Uh, so the story behind that is, of course, Carl is, you know, he's, he's getting older, no doubt. But he's been involved with this, amongst other things, for, well, pretty much all his life. And he actually has taken that car for this past year. He went to Nelson Legends for a couple of regional events. Oh, wow. um, and he took it to the Belfontaine or Belfontaine Hill Climb. He took it to that event. Yeah, it's the blue car to your left there, Burke, right? That says HP on it. Anyways, yes. uh, the car is theoretically for sale, but he still plans, he's going to drive it until it's sold. So it's, he's not shelving it or anything. Uh, unfortunately, at this particular event, he had some differential party. Uh, problems and he had to go ahead and sort of park it for the weekend but that's not usually the case he's usually out there racing it quite hard yeah um it was it was actually a good looking car um but you could tell it's been raced uh-oh uh, i thought bob just fell <laughs> no, 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 i'm actually sitting on the floor so i don't have far to go <laughs> yeah. i was actually about to scream for mary to come save me um <laughs> uh so so we hung out the first day and i heard a bunch of stories and and it was it was it was good it was my first time meeting bob very eccentric man he's 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 a he's got some great stories i mean he knows he has his finger on the pulse of putin bay uh so there were a lot of good stories going on anyways the next day came which was qualifying. And and I, I just remember one of the things that Bob said to me the day before is this thing's gonna blow up on the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Well, it'll be a short weekend, but we can drink a lot. <laughs> um what so we get yeah, there. We did anyway. <laughs> why why don't you tell us what you drive? gear model okay so what we have here is a 1960 austin healy what is affectionately known as a bug eye or in england a frog eye sprite a sprite mark one um they initially came with a little engine well it, it has a little engine now because it's still uh pretty much <laughs> stock uh in in that manner we don't have a different engine in it right so uh, it was a 948. Now that's a smaller, <laughs> that's smaller than a liter of Coke, man. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty small. Uh, seeing as how like a big Ford is five feeders, we're just like one cylinder, <laughs> a little more than one cylinder of a Mustang, you know. 
anyways, <laughs> my particular car has an engine that's uh, 1,300 cc's. That's only 1.3 liters. Still uh, smaller than any engine being produced out there right now uh, in, in a car and everything. How many cc's? Uh, it's a 1,300. Okay. Or uh, actually, it's 1,330. Getting you know very detailed. But anyways, uh, so this car here was made from several different cars, as a lot of them are now. And uh, it started off, uh, and the story goes real long, and I could take the whole uh, episode with that story, but. Take as much time as you want, because we can always cut it down. I just okay. don't want people to lose out on, on this. this. This car is very fascinating. Okay, cool. Well, um, I mean, this is the second racing Sprite we've had. The first one, actually, we, it was a red one that we had built up that uh, – was in a co-worker's garage and we built it and we absolutely loved the car uh, i mean it was it was a great car uh, but when we built it we built it as a full race car and the problem with that is we were putting an obnoxious amount of money in something they were they're only using two or three times a year and it became sort of impractical uh, and uh, we actually called her tinkerbell and uh, her nickname was Tinkerbell because she was a sprite. She was oh, a little bit of a bitch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, while it was a lovely car and uh, actually our, not our first race car. Our first race car was actually a big Healy, which uh, most terrible handling vehicle you'd ever want to have. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was absolutely awful. And so we progressed from one to the other. Uh, sold it for various things in life that progressed on. My brother, uh, Dave, at that same time, had bought himself a little street Sprite mm -hmm. and a uh, little bug-eye Sprite. That's all fine. He drove it for a few years, had a few little failures in it, which were not too consequential, but he doesn't do the mechanical work like I do. So he parked it in his garden shed for oh. about, what, 10, 15 years or something like that. Is that, Is that all? Yeah, it just just sat. And uh, his wife was always wanting to kind of have him get rid of it. So um, we were sort of looking at trying to get another little midget Sprite. And my son comes up and he goes, hey, Dad, you know that Uncle Dave still got this thing in the garage. And I'm like, oh, okay, or whatever. So we talked to him and my brother's like, look, just get it out of here. Just take it. I know. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not, nothing. Just take it out of the garage, you know. We're going to sign the title over to you and go. And I'm like, cool. You know, this will give something for both the sons and me to work on. Uh, well, as it turned out, when we started tearing that car down, it was a disaster. I mean, I'd never seen anything built so terribly to look so good. It, you know, it, it looked great at 20 foot, but, you know, and then it, the floor was literally, and I'm not kidding you, I, could, I have pictures somewhere. A burlap sack that had been cut and tarred and pasted to the rust. <laughs> and the rest of the car was to follow. And I'm like, well, damn, this is going to take me years just to do this. We found another chassis down in Maryland, which is the yellow car. And ah. uh, we took pieces from my brothers and put them into the shell of the, the one that we had found. And it needed a minimum amount of work. Um, I mean, restoration wise, it wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, we put all the safety equipment, started building it to a quasi race car there and uh, got the front end from England because it is what's considered a Sebring Sprite. 
uh, back in the day, uh, Donald Healy, Jeff Healy, and all these guys that you know were running the corporation, uh, racing was the thing. You know, just sort of like a Ford, Chevy, all these guys go racing and they race the cars and sell the cars. Well, it was no different for for Austin, uh, Donald Healy at the time. And so they took a bunch of these cars down to Sebring, which is a huge race down there, and did fairly well with them. Um, so we just sort of like made it more or less like that. Now, the so, thing was so so what? Let's explain the difference between a, a Sebring Sprite or an Austin Healey Sebring, because there is a a big difference in in the way that they look. Right, um, right. Uh, the nose. Okay, so what ended up happening is uh, here once upon a time land, uh, there was a fellow who started rallying these cars. And in the process of rallying them, you just wanted something a little bit slicker, more noticeable, a little more um, efficient for the car. He came up and worked with a guy, a couple of guys by the name of William and Pritchard, mm -hmm. came up with this front end nose. And further, they went ahead and made the car into a coupe, which I don't have those pieces done yet. But this will, this car will have the, a coupe option when I'm done with it. Uh, so a, a hard top, so to speak. Nice. And, yeah. So the cars were raced in what looks like exactly this configuration. Uh, they had wire wheels, though, at that time, where we okay. have solid or, or just your regular uh, aluminum cast wheels. Uh, no, nobody's perfect, Bob. <laughs> well, I, I've run I've run wire wheels on a race car too, and they are scary when you look at pictures of that. You're like, but they no. look so good. Oh god! I, if I get another car, God, I wanted to have the spinners. God, uh, that's yeah. All I know. Burke ever talks about the spinner. Look at the spinners. That's my king. <laughs> Sorry. Well, actually, my now my son uh, Alex, who you met at the races. Uh, he's got a Sprite as well. Now it's a little bit later year, and it does have wire wheels and the spinners on it. And he will continue to use those regardless as it's going to be part of the character of his car. And so we're going to keep that as stock as that. But uh, yeah, for mine, so it's sort of like it, you know, looks as the Sebring cars looked when they were made for Sebring, which there was a total of like 20 of them made. Uh, total. Oh, wow. But they wow. got they kept the mold or the nose, and that's what I'm using as the original the original style nose from those molds, um, and that's kind of a cool thing as well. That, that so, is probably the best looking. <laughs> now that is probably the best looking front end on any sprite that that can be on the front of a sprite. Yeah, uh, the bug eye is kind of cute, or frog eye is kind of cute. There's no doubt about it. It has its own unique character. But this actually makes it look very purposeful and very racy and very like what I like, you know. A little speed yeah. racer action going on. But yeah. The bug eye reminds me a lot of the, the Triumph. Uh, TR3. The TR3. Right. Uh, but that's why I don't really like the bug eye. I, I love the look of your your car has that has that Alfa Romeo uh kind of looking front end some people say it looks like a little ferrari yeah i've had people say it looks like a like one of the 250 short wheelbase ferrari yeah. or a couple yeah. Of yeah. Say, hey you know i've had a couple people say is that a little cobra or what is that and I'm like, no 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 <laughs> it's, it's 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 um 
it, it just has that style that was very popular in the late 50s and 60s. There was just a, a very popular, very sleek and quite honestly, beautiful style. You yeah, know, yeah. very, uh, I don't know, how could you say it? It's masculine and feminine at the same time, I suppose. I, I mean, you think about Alpha Ferrari, MGB, or uh, MG, that all of them the, uh, that yeah. that same body style, basically. I mean, that was the sports car for the, the late 50s and 60s. Right, yeah, sure was. Uh, now, now, I don't have a picture of it, but on the on the butt end of your car next to the Sebring Sprite, you got that great picture of a girl. Like, <laughs> like the, the old we, we know who that girl, girl is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little pinup, and that's for sure. You know, it's like, okay, so the first race car we had, there's a Tinkerbell. And I had a little Tinkerbell on on the uh rear end as well. But this is definitely uh, so we call her Miss Saffron, and uh, a lot of it because of her yellow color, and of course, a lot of it comes from that uh, song that we're familiar with. Uh, now, I had a question about that because yes. because Burke was like, "That's that's why it's called Miss Saffron." Saffron's red. No, no, no. Sa- saffron is actually a that that I know of. Saffron is actually a deep yellow bordering on orange. Um, it's, it's not red that I know of. It's a deep yellow bordering on orange. Uh, mine's a little bit more yellow than that, but it just seemed to be a very appropriate uh, name all the same. But, uh, what I can honestly say about the yellow is that it's so bright, you, you can't miss it on the track. If you are a scorer, you're never going to miss this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, uh, funny story about the yellow. So it's sort of like, and, and, and you know what? Of all the decisions I had to make about this car, every nut and bolt, you know, what pistons, you know, uh, the electrical wiring, you know, what tires, the, every, for everything I was going to, the hardest decision was the color. Now, we knew we wanted to go with yellow, and there's no doubt about it. Yellow is just bright, it's happy, it's just, it stands out. And quite on, yeah, uh, but what? Oh, photographers loved yellow because it just popped. Yeah, true that. Yeah, it, it pops on the track. Uh, the only problem with yellow is uh, bees like it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we have a lot of insects seem to crawl around our car because I think it's a big flower or something, you know. But uh, it took us months to find the color. And yeah. as it turned out, the color is not from any car. Uh, it, it, so it's sort of like, okay, here's a Corvette yellow, here's Camaro yellow. There's a, oh, there's a Viper yellow, there's a Ferrari yellow, none of that. Everyone we looked at is sort of like, well, it, it, it's really close, but not quite right. So what we did, we went to our automotive paint shop, mm-hmm. okay, where they just, where they mix all the paints and everything like that. Mary and I both went. We went on a sunny day, which was actually important. And we went in and says, hey, we want to take these paint chips of yours, and we're going to go outside. <laughs> And we sat in the sun and looked at these paint chips in the sun for, oh, I don't know. It took us a couple hours. Take us a couple hours. And finally, we decided on this color, which is no color for any particular car. Uh, the mixture is two pigments only, yellow and orange yellow. <laughs> and that's, that's it. There's no, I mean, yeah, you look at all these fancy colors. I mean, whatever. Uh, all these colors that they got in their painting cars now. There's like a mixture of, you know, 
20, 30 colors that make everything up. This has two pigments. That's it. So it's a pretty pure color. All right. I love the color. I don't want you to change the color. <laughs> but saffron is red. Oh, oh, oh. well, oh, okay. That may look red in that. Uh, well, if you yes, look but at, look at a dish made with saffron. Yeah, see, now that that's what or what I used to look at is I know that the uh, what is it, the monks in Tibet, mm -hmm. monks in Tibet have all of their clothes are supposed to be soaked and dyed in saffron. And if you look at their clothes, they are a dark, uh, they are an orangey yellow. That's what I know. Regardless, I said, um, it works I, for me. I, 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 uh, I, I cook a lot. So I, I always thought that it was red. And, uh, but that, that's why when, when Burke told me, he's like, we named it Miss Saffron because it's because it. Uh, no, don't show him this. I know. Yeah. Don't show him this. He might be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all you have to do is put like a little red stripe down the side, and you're, you'll be Miss Saffron. Look, look, the engine. The engine. That is Miss Saffron. Well, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, the, the engine is. Uh, we painted it sort of like a. Uh, it's now that's a little bit more traditional. That's actually an, like an MGB engine color. Uh, you know, eh, we get de real detail. The original color looked like a. a it looks it's like an army jeep green. <laughs> oh a, God! Yeah, it's just a terrible color. Oh yeah, there you go. So the red kind of like pop stands out. It looks good in it, and and that's all fine. It's just a nice detail. Is it was, I was amazed at how clean your engine bay was. I have worked on nascar stock cars i've worked on arca stock cars i've worked on seca cars uh uh mike maffrigan uh let me play with his neon for a while uh never i didn't know you knew mike yes i know i i actually worked for mike for about six months before i went in the navy yeah carl i used to drive cars for him yep yeah. uh well one of the things i have to say you know it's sort of like and uh, I've been in racing for a long time. And, you know, it, it, my racing story goes back to, well, about as early as I can have memory. When I was about, oh, this high, whatever that is. And my dad and mom used to go ahead and take me to mid-Ohio to the racetrack for some of the, uh, a lot of those early races that they had down there. And mom and dad liked to go party, you know, as everybody did back then, you know, the, so mom and dad would go drinking beer and partying and having a whole bunch of people, you know, in their big old brown, uh, you know, Ford van. And, but it'd have a whole big uh, bunch of vans all kind of stuck together there. But what do they do with little Bob? <laughs> well, they take Bob, they give him a stopwatch and a program and a pencil. And they say, here, sit here all day. <laughs> and, and that's what I did. And I sort of like, I would, watched the cars and timed the cars and I got all into the cars because it was the position I was put into, but then my interest grew. So uh, we would go to mid Ohio three or three times a year or something like that to go see all these different races for quite a few years. And I just, my interest grew and dad had a uh, British sports car at that time. He also had a Corvette and he would take these cars to mid Ohio and have fun and, there I was st stuck at the end of the long straight time and cars. 
and but I loved it, you know, and it was really good. When I was old enough to wander around a little bit, you know, they, uh, you know, uh, took the chains off of the uh, <laughs> the fence and let me wander around, and uh, went from there. As I left, was leaving high school. Um, my mom made me become aware of there was a race team not too far down at uh, uh, Clinton, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, around Canal Fulton, that was looking for some help. And my mom says, hey, go check it out. You're sort of looking for a summer job. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. You know, I, I know a lot about cars. Sure, I do. <laughs> <You know? That's laughs> right. You know, I do nothing. So um, besides helping my dad here and there. So I went down there. People's names were Crater Racing. Now, Crater Racing is still very much alive. And uh, matter of fact, they are currently they have, they have a race shop down in Port, not, not Portland, down in Clinton, Ohio right now, uh, Canal Fulton. They have a race shop down there and they run a Trans Am car very successfully. Um, I mean, they're in always into points championship race with Trans Am. They're doing fantastic and they got a crew down there. They also go ahead and take care of a bunch of uh, what's called a spec Miata cars. And so they have like five spec Miata cars underneath their wings. So and they also have a 240, no, wait, let me get this right. 200, ah, a, a, a two something Z car, okay? No, it's not a 240Z. 260? No, 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 no. This is a much later car. The four cylinders came out in the uh, whatevers, the, the 90s. Um, two tw- whatever. Anyways, they still have that, and it was a uh, IMSA car, and mm-hmm. it now runs vintage. You know, so uh, Reed Kreider, who's the owner, along with Sandy, Reed goes ahead and runs that car vintage now, um, which is really cool. Well, anyways, I traveled around with them here, there, Daytona, Road America, Road Atlanta, Mid-Ohio, uh, just different places and everything like that, and I was their crew. Now, I wasn't like a main mechanic or everything. I was sort of like the gopher you know, and, but I learned, and I learned a lot from them, uh, just as much what not to do <laughs> as what to do, you know, and both is important, right? One of the things was, yeah, keep the car clean. And when you keep the car clean, now you know where the oil leak is coming from. Now you know what's going wrong because it's like, hey, there's not supposed to be dirt there or oil there or whatever it is or a leak there. And you're not going to know it unless that damn thing is clean. So, yeah, it's real important. Matter of fact, we went ahead and we wrote the Gunk Corporation trying to get a sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) It's clean. Yeah, that didn't work out. (laughs) They they really didn't care. Uh, But, yeah, we go through it. It was funny that that you mentioned that because Gunk was what Alex used to clean all of the brake fluid off of the inside. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, We go through a case of it a year at least. You know, a, hey, hey Scott, are, there are very few weeds growing in our driveway. <laughs> Scott, can can you see the uh, the bar right there? Well, I was just about to bring that up. Um, <laughs> do you see what it's missing? Yeah, it's not there. It's the this bar is not there. Right. So the, the way this works is, like I said, the car is very much street legal, which is not real common for the vintage race cars anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, we decided, like I said earlier, with the past car, we put all this money into it, 
I got to drive it a few times a year, and if it broke, you know, it's like, well, there we go. So this car, we decided we're going to make it street legal, you know, and, and that's what it is. Now, yeah, it's kind of harsh on the road, and that's for sure, you know, and the, the brakes will squeak like hell. And yeah, you'll get the wine out of the transmission because that stuff's all race. But, you know, we don't have this engine. It's not a time bomb engine. It's just great. Well, I'll, I'll never mind. Well, that. most of the time. <laughs> So before I get into the qualifying, I will explain what the bar that Burke is talking about. I rode in this car from the car show to the hangar. And there is a bar that, that basically I have to squeeze my legs between. Around? around and and the bar goes between my legs which really yeah there's no other way to say it it's a ball crusher <laughs> and, you know, see, and i i never have any, any of the girls that ride with my car never complain <laughs> <laughs> fortunately so, you don't have girls in your life that have testicles so <laughs> so i ride yeah. this car with bob back to the hangar and and we took this one car corner over by Joe's and he slammed on it so hard. I swear to God, instead of two balls, I had three because one of them broke in half. <laughs> then he flies down the road and, and the car I, I'm sitting here going, the car's going fast. The car's going fast. This is, this is a great car. This is a wonderful car. We pull into the hangar. He goes, if you weren't so heavy, it would have been faster. then then after all of that mary comes up to me and goes you know that bar's removable (laughs) (laughs) yeah we just uh yeah we we put it in for the race weekends and we take it out for if we're going to be driving it around a little bit and what was a race weekend so sorry man you had to suffer through that one so it it was it was a great ride though i i really enjoyed it it reminded me of my old mgb that i used to have it it was that stiff nice that the thing turns on a dime uh yeah i mean and it's it's, the thing is is it's rather impressive for a 62 year old machine you know now (laughs) Because it's a 62-year-old machine, it suffers in technology that makes other cars maybe do that now. But for 62 years old, it, it does damn well. <laughs> you know, it really does. Not too shabby. It really does. It was, it was a great experience. <laughs> now, uh, for qualifying, uh, you were in group what, 3A or 3B? One, one yeah. of those two groups. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of different groups. And, of course, they... they basically break them up in car potential and then there's an exhibition class uh for the guys who really don't want to race head to head so to speak uh but still want to drive very fast and then there's the open wheel class so as like the gals you were mentioning like sharon and so the gal their cars are open wheel you don't want to get an open wheel car with a closed wheel car on the same track it's that's bad juju but it's not only bad juju i don't think anyone would have caught up to wonder woman uh, <laughs> it's pretty fast yeah she, i don't know what... she was she was a beefcake uh well they're both engineers if i recall they are right 
and she would tell her wife, hey, I think I need this gear ratio and these gears for this race. Do the math, hand it over to her wife, the one that was driving the Mini, and she would just figure out what gear she needed, throw them in the car, and that was, you know. And, and she said something to the effect of, they have each wheel balanced to within ounces of each other. Yeah, they, they actually scale their cars. Yeah. Uh, which, which I'm used to doing in, in the NASCAR series because I'm trying to, to counter the balance and make it spin, make the ass end go around the corner so that you're not losing power through it. Um, but she has it. She has it calculated down to the ounces. She says that the the balance on that car is within eight ounces of each other. Yeah, and and, and you can do that on those type of cars. Um, I have had my car on a scale, just just to weigh it. Um, I do have the individual weights somewhere, and it was pretty close to where it needed to be within a couple pounds. Uh, that may have been by luck more than anything else. My car is a lot harder to tune that way because it really just doesn't have the adjustments. Yeah. Uh, you know, her car, these formula cars, I mean, they can uh, really fine tune them, but they're real race cars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these things are built, they're real race cars. Now, mine was a sports car that we race. These car, these other cars are race cars. So there, there is quite a difference. So your, your qualifying run, you came in second. I think yeah. it was for in the qualifying run yes. where you were supposed to blow up on the first lap. <laughs> well, we were questioning, you now, know, and now I had and, a question. And Sharon, Sharon came in last. She was a DNF, wasn't she? Right. Well, yeah. We, we won't. We're not going to say why, but she, she was a DNF. Oops. This will be important later. Somebody, <laughs> somebody might want to check the gas tank, but anyways, <laughs> Uh, one of the things that I noticed with your car in qualifying was that your car seemed to be extremely tight in the corners. Like you were actually chirping through the corners. And, and I was wondering if that was that, that you set your tire, tire pressures and stuff for that effect, because you seem to be able to come out of the corner, even though you were tight, and slam on the gas. I mean, it was just you—you you were so quick, but you did have a lot of wheel hop in your in your cornering. And yeah. Like, now, a, a, a lot of that is, of course, because well, one thing for sure is it's sixty-two-year-old design and suspension. Okay. I mean, this thing doesn't have coilovers or anything like that. You know, it's it's I, I got it's got old leaf springs. We got to keep that. You know, and it's got a solid rear axle. You know, yeah. so it's not, you know, the rear end is not independent or anything like that. It's just, it's just what they had back in the day. So yeah, you're going to get some of that. That's just the way it is. Uh, matter of fact, my car is a lot softer in the rear than the stock ones ever were by quite a bit, actually. So we try to put a little bit of that down. Um, but yeah, that would be true. Now we've got a limited slip on the back that kind of helps. Um, but I mean, you're still going to get that now during the qualifying, my tire pressures were not correct. Uh, but we were able to go ahead and determine that by an old autocross trick. We do, we just go ahead and we call marking the tires and we just see where the wear is and go from there. It's quite simple. Uh, you know, a lot of people will measure tire temperatures and so on and so forth. 
uh, we just use the other method and it works for us. Uh, after that run, we found out that we needed a lot more pressure in one of the tires and did that, added a few pounds into one tire and went out for uh, the, uh, uh, well, okay, so the first was the practice. Right. Qualifying was the second one. But yeah, when we went out for the qualifying, we were a bit faster and the car handled a lot better uh, with that simple change. Uh, it makes a difference. Now, Burke and I didn't get to see your your uh, your practice because we slept in. Uh, <laughs> you were already on the track by the time I, I, Bob was like, hey, there's going to be a driver's meeting at 8.30. Yeah, we'll make that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Hello. <laughs> So we did get there right after your practice, and 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 what what did you think of the course? I mean, I, I've always been interested in these airport courses because usually, when you switch from a taxiway to the to the uh, uh, runway itself, you you have Arm such at. a difference in in uh, asphalt that's being. I mean, you're going from asphalt to con. Uh, concrete you know there's just a, a lot of differences right uh, and, and that and the airport that would be a really true statement uh the airport courses uh okay sebring sebring yeah. florida is an airport course and it is known for being extremely hard on the cars it's extremely rough and a lot of it is the uh, pavement changes because a lot of it's concrete you know uh you go to uh, your i don't know what, what, what's a normal course? Uh, anything that could be called that? Mid Ohio, Watkins Glen, Road yeah, Mid Ohio is a great, great example. We've all raced there. Yeah. So uh, those courses are all they're, they're asphalt. I mean, they're they're an improved asphalt. They're smooth. Uh, they may have some patches and changes and stuff like that where there's a lot of pressure and tire wear through a certain corner or something like that. But still, it's all asphalt. It's pretty smooth. Um, they're like a billiard course. They're smooth. That's it. They're smooth. They're flat. Yeah, they have they have elevation changes. They make cambers and so on and so forth, but they're just very flat. Now, an airport course, exactly like you say, there's bumps, there's pavement changes, there's um, the paint markings. You know, yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> oh yeah, markings. you were talking about that. I forgot yeah, you, about that. You 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 said that if you got on the 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 one paint stripe, it got super uh, slick and out of out of control, basically. Yeah, you know, and well. Especially in the wet. Now that paint in the wet, you might as well just be riding on Teflon. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I mean it, it, it's very very slick. Uh, but even in the dry, it's that way, and your car will skip side to side. You know, if you're on that paint stripe and you're having side forces, it, there's no traction. You'll so, slip sideways. So, um, so, so quick, so, quick question ahead. here: You had that hairpin turn down at the one end, which I couldn't see at all. But you also had at the other end that big sweeping turn. Uh, yeah, they're both they're both basically the same. Um, you could call it a hairpin, which is probably pretty accurate. It's or a sweeping hairpin, whatever you want to call it. But it's a it's it's a one eighty, and uh, so yeah, it's you know it's a hairpin as it was. Now um, I I did notice when we were when Burke and I were driving back, they were they. They were running through there for a, a different qualifier, and it looked like the cars were bouncing heavily in that in that sweeping one eighty, like it was bumpy. I couldn't 
Uh, it is. How, how was how was the track down there at that end? Well, I could say it this way: my car bottoms out. So I mean, yeah. I'll actually go around that corner, and um, there's rises and divots, and through that corner, I'll get a uh, you know definitely get a, give it a you know tap on the bottom somewhere, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the exhaust or uh, I got a lower a couple of lower pieces of suspension that will kind of take up some of that abuse, um, it will. And in the rain, you will get puddles there. That will stay for quite some time. And, you know, once again, you have a dry track and two puddles that just kind of linger. Uh, the, the difference between the two turns is uh, what they would call the monument turn, which is basically the first turn. Mm -hmm. You have a small taxiway that as you go around that turn, it broadens up into the runway. So you can really put the power down coming out of that turn because you have a lot of, you, you, you can just put it out because you can let the car drift way out. The other one is exactly the opposite. You've got this big wide runway and you're turning into a little taxi. So you can't put the power down the same way. You've got to be real gentle and sure, you know, before you got it. Cause if not, uh, you buy a hay bale and those hay bales are, they're not cheap, <laughs> especially when they're filled with water from raining the day before, <laughs> you know, that thing's gotta be, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting, I don't know. What, what are they? A couple 90 pounds, hundred pounds. Yeah. So it's like hitting a, you know, it would be hitting like a, a, a a, a road barrier on the highway, you know, and it's like hitting a brick. Yeah. You don't want to do that because first of all, it's going to cost your body work. <laughs> and and, uh, and I don't we, saw, buy we saw it three times over the weekend uh, and, and damage was significant. Yeah. Yeah. We, there, there's been guys that have put them in there. I've, I've tapped one, but never hit one. You know, I'll, I've I've brushed them on a few times. You know, where it's sort of like there's a little bit of a little couple of little pieces of straw might go flying, or I might find one in the cockpit later. Uh, but I've never hit one. I hope I never do. You know, it's just a sort of a. But at the same time, there's ones that you will aim for. You know. You know. All right. Um. All right. So, I I can see from the signals that I'm getting. It's it's time for us to take a little break. <laughs> I, I I hate to do this to you, Bob. We're gonna take a little break here. Okay. Um, maybe maybe one one minute, maybe two at the most. Some of us have to have to pee. Um, <laughs> I I'm I'm yeah, and we have to reload on on stuff. I'm uh, okay. I'm I'll, I'll just stick around here. I'm about to play. Hey, Scott. It's the Mighty Mighty Boston's, Burke. It's the Mighty Mighty Boston's. All right, guys, we'll be back in a second. Have you ever felt the pain so powerful, so heavy you collapse?
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend We've known each other since we were nine or ten Together we've climbed hills and trees Learned of love and ABC Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die well, nobody died well, over the, the weekend. <laughs> Not even any car. <laughs> oh, cars died. Cars None of ours. Died. None of our friends. No, they, they, all the good cars made it and lived. This is the, the it, what what really got me hooked on vintage car racing is that these these vintage cars all leak oil. So by the last race of the weekend, everyone was just sliding everywhere. <laughs> it, it, I was like, "This is this. We need to do this more often." <laughs> yeah, how many cars were just blowing blue smoke out the ass end of their cars? That, yeah, that, at least you know it's still got. That's when you know the car doesn't have oil when it's not leaking. <laughs> that Ford Angel, uh, Angelia, Anglia, Anglia was the best. No, it was the Corvair. It was the Corvair that was. There was a Corvair out there that that blew so much smoke the the bug that kept trying to pass it couldn't see. <laughs> it's like oh, the Batman smokescreen, man. Yeah, James Bond uh, add-on. And I tell you what, that Volkswagen Beetle was a beast. Yeah, it was not as fast as the TR6, but it came close. Yeah, he basically he's got a Porsche engine in it. What he's got. You know, he, that, that that's what he's got in it. And um, I've, I, I've heard it's a, it's basically it's a 914 engine. Uh, oh, I thought I thought it was a 917. No, I, no, not. I was teasing by that when I had mentioned that earlier. No, it's uh, it was it's a 914 motor. It's like a two liter. So it's uh, he's got he's got a see, lot of power. See, Bob, you, you have to understand with me when when you say something, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's your problem. <laughs> so, oh, hey, now I, 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 for the most part, I'm true. Or, <laughs> <laughs> so, after after qualifying, Burke and I. Well, okay. So let's talk about your qualifying run because there was actually, uh, I think it was a triumph that was faster than you. Yeah, and that's very true. Um, the fella had actually done a lot of development work over the winter. And uh, he had that car really working out once again. This was a, it was a triumph made into a full race car. He was putting down a lot of ponies, had done a lot of work, and he sub- subsequently had a lot of time that he spent uh, developing on the track. So, and good for him. I mean, yeah. if you're going to do that, you should get the results and, and wonderful. He, he was. He, uh, year previously, we were neck and neck through the whole race uh, for the whole weekend. But yeah, he definitely had a lead on me this weekend, and such he deserves it for putting all the time and money. You know, yeah. so I, I have no regrets about that. What, was it the Spitfire? No, it was no, it was the Triumph. I think it was. Yeah, there was there was a green Triumph Spitfire. Now, as it turned out, oh yeah, at the end of his qualifying run, he broke a spring in a valve, <laughs> so that rode off his weekend. Well, oh. We, We'll get to that because we did not know that. Okay. Uh, Bob comes in from his qualifying, and and he's in second. And I was impressed with that. I, your car looked great. It really did look great. Thank you. Out of out of your group, there was nobody besides that mini nine nine three, right? That that was going to compete with you, and. and you know, I, I saw a three-way race between the the Spitfire, your Austin Healy, and uh, the the nine nine three Mini. That that was that was a nasty like, Mini. That's gonna be the race. Uh, so we finished qualifying, and and the first thing that you said to me in the garage was, "I don't like starting that far up front." <laughs> and and that made me I, I didn't squeam on that i was like i can understand you know you, you got one car ahead of you you've got to beat them in the first corner or or you're fighting the whole way um so i could understand that and plus it was only what your how many races have you raced over the lifetime of racing yeah oh well uh gee i don't know 30 or so really okay uh, something like this it's not all i mean for all the years we've been involved it's really not all that much but uh how many how many times I'm, in in this car oh in this car um uh be about seven seven races in that you know okay. uh a lot of it is a lot of it is budget and, you know, it's just a matter of we can only race what we can afford. Thank goodness we do have some good sponsors, though. Yeah. Um, right behind Burke there, we can see the Real Bar, which has been a sponsor for us for uh, quite some time. Um, awesome people. Restaurant up at Putin Bay. Uh, restaurant. Um, Open year up, round. Up there. Uh, they have been. There, there's a, they, for a couple months, they'll close in the middle of winter. Uh, so, I mean, there are sponsors, a new major sponsor that we had this year. Now, my major, I'm not talking about thousands of dollars, but hey, you know, everything helps more when you're running the way we run. And they're, they're still, they're, they're putting some money into us, and that's great. Um, the Island Hardware up on the island, 
Oh yeah, uh, they help, my they help favorite sponsor. place for coffee. I go, yeah. I go get, I go, I go get coffee there every morning. It's two dollars. You make it yourself. It's fabulous. Yeah, and they're also a perfect fit because uh, you know, it, it, it's the hardware store. And if you're racing, <laughs> chances are you're going to have to get a piece of hardware sometime. You know, whether it's a nut bolt or whatever it is, they're there for you. So the Island Hardware does that. Uh, Cameo's Pizza, uh, Roger and Joan Road and Brian Colstis. They've uh, been our sponsor for a while, too, and they always uh, give us a, uh, a good amount to go ahead and help us through and free pizzas, which is completely important. You know, it's just like, hey, you, it was great eat. in the hangar. <laughs> and we saw that, saw that great Instagram post of you in full race outfit driving one of their cars to deliver Cracking pizza. That was awesome. Up. It was hilarious. Yeah, we uh we sort of did that for them, but you know we like working with the sponsors and having fun with them. You know, if they're uh, it's just not a decal on the car. It's sort of like uh, we like to have the guys come down and watch us race. If they want to sit in the car, they want to you know if I have a chance to take them out in the car, which I did with the hardware fellows, um, uh, Chris Cooper and his brother there. If I have a chance to do that, I, I love you know showing them, hey, this is this is what you're paying for. You know, uh, come out with us. You know. Uh, but then we have a lot of other people kind of sponsor us too. Uh, Tom Avery, he, he, he sponsors us. Uh, actually, uh, Burke, our uh, friends Rita and Jim sponsor us. Uh, Renee sponsors us. Rod Wiggins sponsors us. Uh, we, we just have a whole host of people that, you know, we have a donation jar in our parties, our, our engine donation jar, you know. Yeah, which is up every year, Bob. We've got to quit that trend. What? <laughs> the, the engine donation jar is up every year. We have to quit that trend. Uh, it might say tires this year. <laughs> uh, it might say tire donation jar. This year. But I mean, it's like, it really is a matter of we have uh, this grassroots type thing where, you know, it's, you know, people give us a few bucks here and there. They're part of the team and they enjoy watching what we do. And, you know, we like to have them a part of it. And then, of course, our little bit bigger sponsors, you know, um, we put their names on the cars or such, or there's an icon on the car somewhere that kind of represents them in one way or another. And um, it's just sort of like, uh, well, Burke, you've seen the cat on the car, right? I think so, but remind me of that. Where is battery. that at? On the battery, there's a cat. Well, that's you. Ah. Ah. And then, uh, like, uh, Reed and Jim have the little toolbox on the side, off-link. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, then Tom has them. the uh, 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 Tom's special racing on fire on the side and stuff like this. So, I mean, there, there's just various things like that that are on the car. These people kind of help contribute one way or another. And uh, away we go. And then, of course, uh, uh, like we had mentioned before, Sharon and Craig, who always offer us a place to stay in their hangar, which is, uh, you can't even pay for those things. You know, uh, yeah. that's just a phenomenal thing that they- You got A and B rentals on there somewhere. Yeah, A and B rentals. Uh, they are, Bob Gatewood, who's one of the uh, performers up there, owns a, like a, 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 a place to stay up there and they rent carts, so him and his wife, so that's A and B rentals. Uh, who am I forgetting? There's got to be somebody, you know, it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people, a lot of people put their name on the car and contribute to us uh, getting there and being a success. You know, it, it's great stuff. Sweat, sweat equity is a, is a, is a big thing as well. <laughs> uh, 
but but you you do repay your son with putting his name on the side of the car. That yeah, boy well, works and, and his tail off. Yeah, that's the one thing we decided on this car is a little bit different. Now, uh, most people have the driver's name on the door. And that's just, this is the driver and he gets, well, I, I decided not to do that on the car. Instead, on the one little quarter, we have everybody's name who is the main people who participate. Uh, my name's on there. I am the driver, but I don't notice myself as such because everybody participates on this car one way or another. Mary, uh, Alex, uh, my son, Jeff, uh, a friend, Jessica, she helps along as well. And, you know, it's just sort of like everybody part participates on a big level like that, you know, and I'm talking about spending a lot of time on the car, working on it, getting dirty. And, you know, Mary goes to work every day. <laughs> I'll pay for my <laughs> Your sugar mama. That's it. Mama yeah. makes 90 grand. Oh, wait. I got to do this. <laughs> mama makes 90 grand. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, my name doesn't, you know, my name is right along with the other crew. And, uh, well, one of the reasons for that, too, is we're hoping to keep this car around long enough where a lot of other people are going to get a chance to drive it eventually. My son, Alex, wants to drive it, and I want him to drive it. You know, uh, you know. Uh, and in anger, as they say, you know, I want him to go ahead and try this car out on the track a few places. You know, we we're building him one, but this is this is different, you know. And um, you know, maybe my grandkids will give a chance to if there's still gasoline to be had. You know, <laughs> always, always. Uh, you mentioned the real bar, uh, and and I have to, I have to say this. Burke and I went to lunch there on the first day. And I had the chicken strips. I forget what you had, Burke. I think I had a burger. And it was uh, fabulous. Incredibly good. And it wasn't super expensive. I was expecting that place to be really expensive. But it was very reasonably priced for, for being on the island. I mean, I paid more at Subway for <laughs> a sandwich than I did for the chicken fingers. And hey, don't say that too loud. <laughs> he might <want> to <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, bar. it was the most expensive place I've ever eaten. <laughs> yeah, Real Bar has always been real good to us. We were there since, uh, so Andy Christensen and his wife, Angela, uh, they are the managers and co-owners along with Ray Fogg, who is one of the owners as well. Now, Ray doesn't manage the place so much as responsible for a lot of the entertainment. Um, and they put this place together. It used to be called Tony's Place. Uh, the place has been there forever. Mm -hmm. uh, well, what does that mean? I don't know. Jeez. The building's got to be 100 years old or more, I'm sure. Oh, at, at least. least. Yeah, at least. So it's been there for a long time. And uh, so they bought the place. Oh, when was it? Seven, eight years ago? Something like that. Okay. Anyways, and uh, we were there for the opening. And there's a little bit of us in that bar as well. Uh, well, don't talk about that yet because we'll, we'll get into that after the <laughs> cup race. Uh, we we move on to we move on to race day. Yes, you are are sitting in the hangar. We're talking. We're talking air pressures about your tires. You didn't know what you wanted to do because we and, had and that day got cold. Yeah, the we, day before was eighty five degrees. 
and it dropped down to like 62 and wind. It was a way different day than the qualifying and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, very true. Very true. And the the cold does make a big difference. Uh, The one advantage we had was we had sun. And and that sun will warm that tarmac sun. So I was counting on that to happen, and it did. So that really helped us along. So uh, basically all I did was drop the pressures one pound a piece all the way around and uh, seemed to work for me. And we stayed with it right there for the end, for the rest of the uh, event. Yeah. That, I mean, it worked out really well for you. Um, we- hey, you look solid in that S curve right before the hangar. You look solid on every single corner that you took on that. It was just yeah. Beautiful to watch. The, the, so we get to the first race, which is what, 930 in the morning, I think right. it was. Uh, we get you into your car. You, you shake hands with everyone. Burke and I go out to sit on the bleachers because we want to see Bob run. And all of a sudden, the spitfire that beat you in time did not show up on the line. Right. That was a bit of a shock to me too. And I had to ask, and that's when I sort of found things out. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting in the number two spot on the grid. And I'm kind of wait, wait, guy's not showing up. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I look at the, uh, at the guy who does the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the marshal. Yeah. The court marshal. I want to see a court marshal. The there court. You go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Court jester. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he goes ahead and takes care of the pits and everything, and uh, or the, the grid, grid marshal. Ah, that's it, grid marshal. Uh, and he's like, no, not showing up, broke a spring and a valve. And I'm like, oh, well, that kind of puts me in first, doesn't it? <laughs> and he's like, well, yes, it does. And now I'm the, like. The funny thing is that you looked at all of us and said, I don't want to be up that high, uh, that far. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be in the front there. That, that I don't like starting up there. Mary and I are sitting next to each other when we see you line up and the Spitfire doesn't show up. She turns and looks at me and goes, oh, my God, he's starting first. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a thing with that is it gives, it gives me personally and, – and, I guess a lot of it is because I'm not used to starting up there, right? <laughs> you, you know, that, that's fine. I'm used to starting a couple behind. Uh, though put in bay, we usually do pretty well. Um, the thing is, is you're carrying a responsibility. And that responsibility is you can't, you can't screw up. I mean, you can't screw up at all. Because if you screw, it's sort of like those pictures of those bicyclists when all falls over, everybody falls over. <laughs> or, you know, sort of like running in front of the bulls. You fall over and everybody's getting horned, man, <laughs> you know? So it's a matter of you carry this responsibility of being first in line because you're setting the pace for the start, for one. Mm-hmm. And you've got to make sure that you're making those first few turns really clean. Because if you don't, you screw up. Well, first of all, you're going to be <laughs> – you're going to hear about it by all the competitors later, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then you were the guys that screwed up the first lap. And you surely hell don't want to do that. You know, so, so you got to start right and you got to start clean and you got to set the pace. So everybody's lined up behind you the right way, you know, cause when the, uh, I mean, the pace car takes you around, but when the pace car goes up into its box, you're it, you're the one setting that pace for everybody else. So you gotta be, 
just the right speed, whatever that means. And when you start off, yeah, you got to get, you got to try to get that jump, but your tires are cold and your brakes are not quite set right yet, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's easy to really screw up. So yeah, it's a little nerve wracking, you know, being that, but, but after the first two turns, who cares? That's done. <laughs> now you're either battling for first or you're in first or you're in second, trying to get back into first, you know, or whatever that combination is. And that jitter completely goes away. That, that, that didn't even exist uh, 10 seconds ago. All right. So people know uh, the race, the, the first race and the second race were both 10 lap races. Right. Uh, and the thing about the vintage car racing that you have to understand is that if you go off the track, you hit something, you have to go into the pits, pull up to the marshals. They will make sure that your car is okay to go back out. They will talk to you, uh, all this stuff. So hitting something or going off the track severely is the end of your race, basically. Well, it's the end of you being able to get a decent position. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, so we go into this race and bless you. (laughs) Buccaneer Bob is in the lead and nobody, nobody is challenging him. The closest car to him is the nine, nine, three mini. And in the first race, he never really got close enough to you to even challenge you. Yeah, he well, I, there was a few turns, so on and so forth, that he was kind of close. But I, I kept him about three car lengths back. Yeah. And he, uh, he, there was a few times he would come up to me, and there was a few times I'd pull away from him. So it ended up being about three car lengths at the end and through most of the race. But, yeah, that, that that's still pretty tight race. It, it, was, it was pretty tight. Now, now, remember, people, there were – there were, you were in what? You were in one race. Then you were in, were you in the exhibition? No. Okay. So, the, uh, and we could talk more about this, but uh, basically on race day, there was three events for me. Okay. Uh, race one, uh, race two, which we could talk more about that. And then there was the cup race. And basically the cup race allows everybody except the open wheel cars. So it allows all the classes to run together if you want. Um, so the first race and second race are basically cars in my class that I'm racing directly against. Then the, uh, the cup race is I'm still racing against other cars in my class, but I'm also. You're racing everyone. Yeah. So the fastest cars, the slowest cars, they're all out there. Makes it a little tough for the fastest cars because they have to navigate a lot through a lot more stuff. Yeah, depending on who's out there. I mean, there's some cars that are, well, they're significantly slower, you yeah. know. And, and and it's the same way for the slow cars. These cars are significantly faster. So you're always, you know, the slower cars, are they're, they're driving with their mirrors a lot, you know. <laughs> so, so the first race you won. Yes. How'd you feel? Oh, fantastic. I mean, I mean was, was that your first win? Well, that was my first overall win in all the years I've been racing. I have won class victories before, which is always fantastic, but I've never won an overall. I've been like third overall, you know, um, 
third or fourth overall, you know, something like that, which is still a phenomenal finish, but never first overall, you know. But yeah, I've won my class a few times, which is always phenomenal as well, you know, uh, depending on who else is out there. Uh, but yeah, to, I mean, it's just sort of one of those things that's sort of like, yes, more of that, please. <laughs> you know, it's like fantastic. This is just, it, it was a, an epic moment in my life. I, I, I think when, when you made it back to the hangar, we were all extremely jovial for your, your, uh, your finish so much. So we were actually told to shut up and get the hell out of the hangar because somebody else was still preparing for a race. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we shared the hangar with Craig and Sharon and they had some prep that they definitely needed to do first. And, uh, well, they, and we're celebrating and he's trying to get her to focus on what's going on. And sort of like, honestly, <laughs> if you think about it, she, she lost her qualifying because she was out after the third lap. And yeah. So, so I think everyone, I mean, even myself as a racer, I would have, I would have been like, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Right. Uh, now she went out and she ran her race incredibly well. Right. Um, and, uh, we got to remember too. Okay. Give me one, one second, Scott. Hey, Mary, give me the battery cord. I need, a, I need a battery cord, or, I'm not going, or, or, or I will be running out of gas. We're, we're going to lose Bob. Oh God! I didn't think this interview yeah, was going to be four hours long. Yeah, no, plug, plug me in, would you please? Uh, so, uh, 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 damn it, she's wearing clothes. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it so, is plugged in. Well, something's not working. I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe it's loose there. There it goes. Ah. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! All right. Did you try unplugging it and plugging it back in? Did you okay. Anyway, uh, back on again. Uh, the thing about Sharon, Sharon is is relatively new to racing. I mean, she's only been doing this for a little over a year, and uh, she did race last year. But last year was a whole different situation. We had rain and all kind of stupid craziness, yeah. and she had problems with her car last year, which she resolved and was able to run. And they were supposed to go to a school this past spring, and she wasn't able to make it. Uh, though she did take some other schools um, with a Criters, a Criter Racing, like I had mentioned earlier. Beautiful. Yeah. So she was pretty well prepared, but experience means a lot. Uh, it, it, and we saw that in the race. Yeah, I mean, it, means, it, yeah, it yeah. means a lot. Just in your self-confidence, you know? Um, experience is one thing for driving, but it's just the confidence of you know, I've been out here and I know what this feels like and I know what it's like to be in the heat of battle. You know, it, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It, it, nerves are a big thing uh, uh, with a I, young racer. Yeah, I used to get nerves really bad for racing. I mean, I'd have this terrible gag reflex and I was, uh, uh, in the porta potty quite often, <laughs> you know, and it was just like uh, that. In more recent years, I'm a lot more settled down. And well, even even with a young racer being in a new car, like you haven't been out enough to like know the limits of that car just yet. So I mean, you're you're unsure yourself. 
you're unsure of the vehicle. There's a, just a lot of stress going on. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's one of the fun things about racing is um, now we sail too. That's another subject for another day. But it's sort of like everything's changing on you all the time. You know, whether it's the weather or the track, the competitors, the car itself, and you can have a lot of time in your car. And there's going to be something changing on it, man. Maybe you had to use different brakes for a different manufacturer, different tires, or it could, you know, or in my case, another the engine. No, <laughs> you know? Number three you know? or four. <laughs> We've lost count now. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more. But it's just a matter of, um, you know, everything's changing on you so often and all the time. So it's just a matter of, but that's part of the fun of it. You're not doing the same thing all the time. Even at the same track, you're doing different things, different people. You know, there's a different situation. Um, that's part of the fun of it. Yeah. The, you know, I start when I started racing, I, I started racing motorcycles first. Um, I actually still have. I'm actually still listed on the AMA website, I think. Um, and the jitters are are different for every driver. I would, five minutes before lining up, have to go pee, like you oh, wouldn't yeah. believe. Uh, and it was just every time. You know, I'm yeah. hydrating, I'm getting ready for the race, all that stuff. All of a sudden, you hear the five-minute call, and it's like, oh, got to pee. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, actually, when I uh, – a an age ago, when I took was taking my first driver's school, they taught you that because they said, look, before you get on out of that track, go take care of business because if you don't and you're out on that track and something happens, it's going to happen. you're going to say it. And then you're going to do it. (laughs) 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 And, uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily have to pay for dry cleaning if you don't have to. (laughs) Hey, those fire suits are not cheap. (laughs) Uh, So, so you made it through your race. You won your race. Did you, did you get your trophy? No. Now, the organization that we're with they don't really give trophies they used to give some small ribbons and stuff like that which i have some from uh past races and that's all fine as far as trophies go no they've sort of eliminated that and and actually a lot of the vintage organizations don't do it anymore uh with good reason and it's just sort of like first of all nobody's making money doing this or, or, or maybe, you know, 1% of anybody who's doing it is making money out of it, you know. And so why you're, you're going to go bend a car and break a, a bone in your head because you're getting a, you know, a $2 plaque or a trophy? No, no reason to. Like, boy, the bragging rights are there. You know, and that piece, <laughs> that piece of paper showing you the results of how you got is there. You know, and it's just sort of like, yeah, hey. I- I don't know how many times on Facebook I have seen your timesheet from your race reposted. <laughs> Apparently, we proud. have a lot of friends that yeah. match. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's something to be proud of, and I am proud of it, you know. And But I'm proud of everybody. I'm proud of the whole crew, you know. Uh, Mary and you know, especially Alex, who really helped me out. And, um, 
my older son wasn't able to make it, but last year he helped me all last year. He was able to come down to the race. And, uh, nice. So my well, son, he, Jeff, you he, know, so it's sort of like, it's, it's a fa- it's a family thing with us. Jeff did. Uh, he came in on a zoom call right. after, at, well, we're, we're about to talk about the next race that you ran. Uh, and, and the, the second actual race that you ran, you looked marvelous for about four laps i think three. it was it was three and then all of a sudden i was sitting there going that was the best damn racing i have seen for four laps ever in my life that 993 was on your ass right he figured out his issues from the first race and he was up your butt and I was like, this is great racing. Then all of a sudden, you just. You were all like, why is Bob in the grass? What the hell? <laughs> you just stopped. Yeah. And I was hey, like, there was no smoke. So, <laughs> yeah, there was no bang, tinkle, tinkle. So we were like, well. So I'm watching the marshals to see if, if it goes to a full course yellow or if you're off enough to where it's okay. And it's. It was a localized yellow until you got off the track and it opened back up. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess we're done for the day. This is the tinkle tinkle that we were expecting in the first race. Then your car started again. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Here comes Bob and Bob drives by us, takes both hands off of the steering wheel and goes, I'm eh. <laughs> <laughs> just like okay you didn't even make it around again right right so, uh, and- you, you ended up parking by a hangar on the other side of the the road what did you think was going on and i didn't know at that time what, what the most that i could figure out at that time was i had a loose wire on the fuel pump or something something that was it, it it wasn't get it, it wasn't getting fuel, but I don't know why it wasn't getting fuel. And I figured maybe an electrical connection had come off, and maybe it was intermittent with the fuel pump or something like that. And I couldn't tell what. So yeah, and this is one of the reasons that the mini was right behind me because I was faltering in the curves a little bit, wow. and I just couldn't stay ahead of him. He was right on me, and I I just couldn't get on it. So it, it, my first two laps were okay, and he was right up on me. There's no doubt. And on the third lap, I'm faltering, and I'm like, he, he was right on my tail at that point. And it's sort of like, ah, okay, whatever. And then as I went through the one hairpin, died flat. I mean, it just died Oof. flat. And it's like, okay, but there was no bad sounds or anything like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, there was no, like, bangs or sm- whatever. There was no huh. bang, tinkle, tinkle. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, and my oil pressure seemed to be okay right until, well, the engine wasn't running. So I was able to go ahead and I did the best I could to get out of everybody's line as soon as quick as possible and pull off as far into the grass as I could. Uh, I sat there for a couple minutes and I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so I tried to restart it and it restarted. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it restarted. I don't know why but let's go play. So I sort of look behind me, look at the corner workers, ask for a clear spot. They're like, go. 
I get back out on the track and went around a half, about a half lap and started faltering again and end up dying in the same turn once again. And I'm like, okay, whatever's happening, that's because of the forces in this turn. And I pulled off as far as I could, you know, out of between the hay bales and a sword, get every, out of everybody's way. Um, and they just continued the green because I was way off any racing line around it. Um, once again, I started it again, but I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to go out again because I'm just going to be, that's just stupid. I'll be a danger out there. I'm not going to do that. So I, I instead went ahead and pulled onto a, uh, somebody's basically their hangar taxiway driveway onto the road there and <laughs> waited it out and watched the race as a spectator like the rest of you guys. <laughs> watching the green minute going, damn. <laughs> I, I could have had well, him, son of a. So, yeah, so, can I watch the rest of the race in uh, the uh, Woosley Hornet? Yes. yes. Ford Anglia. We're having a nice battle between between them for second and third. It was a battle for how much smoke and oil they could put out <laughs> on the track. <laughs> well, I don't know if they were, well, maybe a little bit from the Woosley, but anyways. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so it's just kind of painful watching the rest of it. And when the checker flag went, I. Watched the corner workers, went back out on the track and just kind of motored around into the paddock, you know, or, or back to Craig and Sharon's hangar. Now, it was, it was very interesting when you came in because there were a lot of issues that had happened and it made it in, incredibly hard to troubleshoot what went wrong. Right. That's correct. Sure. Uh, I'm yeah, not 100%. When, I'm not 100% sure we actually figured it out. Uh, I still I, think it was your distributor cap. The The amount of movement that I saw when he when he pushed it back on, it went almost a half an inch. Yeah, and that, that could have been a matter. He found a loose wire, uh, plug wire. That could have been part of it. Usually that stutters. Um, and we found, we found another loose small wire was an indicator wire which may or may not have been but you know alex took it all apart you know went into the fuel cell area checked the pump and all those wires they were all secure so it is what it is we checked the fuel yeah, he, flow. he was doing he was doing yoga getting to the back end of your car it was hilarious <laughs> yeah quite quite a bit he did a, he did an awesome quick job on now that. was this the brake fluid leak no or was that the race before yeah, that was actually the race before where uh, the brake fluid cap hit. And that, that was a little bit wild because my feet were slipping around the pedals a bit, which is never good. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, you jumped out of the car. You looked at me and you said, my feet are sliding everywhere. There's something leaking. There's something yeah. leaking. I don't know what it is. And, and at first, my concern was you, you had you had a transmission leak which we knew about right but i was worried that that was spraying up the, the firewall and and sliding down it onto the pedals no no that was yeah, all the all the uh, it was all clear so we we're like oh no this is clear fluid this is something different yeah, yeah you know and, and i and while the uh car is quite the female uh <laughs> that is nothing squirting is not good <laughs> yeah. that has nothing to do with it so yeah, we, it was a, a, one of the brake fluid reservoirs. The cap was loose. And just through the forces, it had been splashing down and across the pedals and so on and so forth. And, and your oil catch 
can was majorly full. We emptied that out too. Yeah, may, uh, uh, there was uh, definitely, you know, which is not uncommon for the whole situation. You know, it's that's what it is. You know, it, it doesn't. It has a uh, it says a reservoir instead of a uh, PVC system that goes back into the intake or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, and we try to be green clean with this car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so yeah, it, the, the brake pedals were covered with fluid, but we got it all dried off and cleaned up and made sure those caps were tight for the rest of the weekend for sure, you know, topped it off and away we go. Um, so, yeah, no longer <laughs> were my feet dancing across what they do, <laughs> not ice skating, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so it could have been a, uh, the second race, could have been a distributor, could have been electrical. The other well, thing is. Like I said, there's no way for us to actually know because we didn't test everything after we did something. We were right. just in, in kind of a hurry to figure out what the issue was. Yeah, so you sort of check everything. Uh, yeah. Now, it could have been the float bowl needle was uh, in the carburetor was hanging up. There's a small chance it was that, and I've got a replacement for it now. <laughs> uh, oh, we, you you know, took so, that apart and cleaned it. and I mean, you we... You hit everything on that car pretty much that was easily gotten to. Right, right. That I could have figured out what it was. And it's like, okay, well, it's running. It sounds healthy. It's all together. So uh, what else are you going to do? Let's go play. So the very next race that you're in is the cup, right? That's correct. Uh, and the cup races is, is basically everyone put together. Yes. 15 laps. We have already seen that the only competition that you have is the 993 Mini. Yeah. Um, the close competition. There was other people in my class racing, but yes, yes as far as well, being able to, yes. Here's, here's what I will say about the cup race. That was the best race of the entire night because you had the 993 and yourself fighting. You had the two Mustangs going at each other through that whole race. And and, and then there was the number 75 TR that just blew everyone away. Well, I, I, I don't even <laughs> mention him anymore because he just wasn't there. Yeah. He, he <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and the Jag was racing. That VW Beetle was up their feet. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, this is where that cup race was incredible to watch because that beetle was passing people left and right. And I the, still can't believe that that car has that good a suspension. I mean, engine, yes, but damn that thing of the other corner. Holy cow. The, um, the TR6 was incredible. Uh, the, the one TR3, the, the 338, was that his number? The black one? Yeah, there was a TR3 that was running. He was a bit behind. Yeah. But he was a solid contender, too. I mean, he was he was trying. He was trying his best. Yeah, you know, I tell you, what, what always really surprises me is, I mean, okay, it's like you've got this little Sprite, and it is one of the – it's the lower class cars, really. Um, besides, I mean, for its age group or potential, whatever you want to consider it, you know. Um, but there's cars that, by rights, really shouldn't be – I shouldn't be ahead of. You know, <laughs> you know, 
I'm not contributing it to me or anything specifically. It's a good car. But it's sort of like, yeah, you know, we're ahead of MGBs and TR3s and um, the Corvair. Well, we were ahead of a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess I'm going to hang on. I'm going to actually reverse a little bit here. Um, let's, uh, I, I have to talk about the MGTAs and TDs that were in, TDs. in, in the race. I'm going to tell you right now, those cars are not made to go that fast. Yet that black MGTD was insanely fast there was right. a black one and a green one that yeah, were now just... one of the go on yeah one of the cars that unfortunately didn't make it out there because he had some problems <laughs> uh, uh sort of ironically enough during the parade raps laps manly ford who is one of the originators of this event itself has a lightning quick TD that he incredibly knows how to drive. He's also got a Lotus Super 7 that he just drives the wheels right off of. And um, these guys know how to make these cars work. They know how to make power in these cars. And, and you wouldn't think that this car that looks like it, I mean, yeah, they're old MG sports cars. They're awesome cars. They're also from the early 50s. And you would not think that these things would work the way they do. And they got all drum brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the TDs looked like the bodies were bending when they were in the corners. And I'm it was sure just they would. insane. But they were sticking to the, that, that S curve right in front of it. They were sticking those so well. It was like, that car should not be able to do that. <laughs> that car's yeah. not built to do that. Yeah, and they're tall too. I mean, their their center of gravity is not what you would necessarily want for a modern day race car. Yeah, your your head is at the same level as their engine in that <laughs> car. It should not be able to do. It should topple over. And yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, you know, no, you're 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 quite right. That's the appearance of gifts. But these guys know how they know their cars, and they know what to do with them, and they make them work, and they make the suspension work, and they're just they're they're good at it. And they're, you know, they're good competitors. They're aggressive, good drivers. The first race where or where they were racing each other, the only thing going through my head was... There's a touch of madness around here. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And I sat back... I sat back and went... Uh, oh, sorry. He sat back and watched his text messages on his phone. <laughs> well, yeah, tell you something cool about these cars. Yeah, they're not in museums. I, I think. I think. Hey, I'm gonna get a drink really quick. Really? Wow, that was five minutes ago. <laughs> hmm? You go hey, get a drink. We'll sit hey, here and talk. Here's <laughs> what I'm gonna do. I am actually. We're actually at break time again. I just went and got a drink, man. Whatever. All right. I have to go to the restroom and I have to answer this because it's people wanting me to work and I always want money. <laughs> Does that not make sense to you? I don't understand uh, what you're saying. Uh, I can wait. Uh, what the hell? What the hell? Okay, guys. Um, I, I'm not going to give you mighty, mighty boss tones. <sighs> 
been in a Rocky Horror Picture show. Dude. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in a bit. Oh, here we go. back we, we hey, good to be back scott and i did not realize we both absolutely love casey and the sunshine band mm. <laughs> this show is always good stuff for me i just absolutely i uh yeah i love it i love my uh, all right so why is my stuff not working <laughs> you know there's I'm a gonna... blue pill for that but Apple always works, Scott. I don't know. Oh, dude, that saying. that has never stopped working, and I I totally use the blue pill just for extended. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that on wasn't that on a Trojan commercial for your extended pleasure, <laughs> dude? Just take a drug, a hundred milligrams of sildenafil. It will help you. <laughs> Don't help her. <laughs> and then some, Judas Priest, man. All right, so I got that uploading. So, where where do we leave off? We're at the cup race now, right? And we're discussing about just the various cars that are in it. You know, the fact that there's the fast of the fastest and some of the, the slower cars, are in it, but everybody's out there having fun. The- okay, Bob. Wait, wait, wait. We have a question. There were two bulbous-looking cars that just kind of loped around the track. We call them the Lala cars because they look like they had their arm on the window and their <laughs> arm in the armrest, and they're going la 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 la. But we don't think they were the same car. We we think one was a Volvo, but we couldn't tell what the other one was. Well, one I was believe- a Saab. Because yeah, I believe they it were both sob on it. So they were both sobs. Okay. They were both sob. There was a, a, a red sob, uh, actually owned by a fellow by the name of Barry Prosser. Prosser, and he actually has a big part of the Putin Bay races in a way. Uh, he doesn't help to put them on, but he's a heck of a promoter, and he has his own little Facebook group, and I think he even has a website too. It's called uh, Curve in the Road. And it's just all about obscure cars out there having fun and enjoying, a, you know, so uh, life isn't on the straights of the road. Life happens in the curves of the road, you know, it's sort of his, uh, uh, his, his theme. And uh, he just 
finds or and drives or is interested in the weirdest old cars, you know, uh, his <laughs> personal choice being the Sobs, and it's just sort of like things that you may never ever see even, you know. Uh, and it, it, it's pretty cool. He's he's pretty good with that, just promoting it and making light to things you would not think of. Um, but yeah, he sort of leaves leaves. Uh, if anything, you can call it the Saab Group or this odd car group that ends up coming there. You know, one of a kind cars. I'm trying to find him. Oh wait, there's a Facebook. Yeah, look for uh, on Facebook. Look up Curve in the Road. Curve. Barry Prosser. Prosser. Yeah, that's him. I don't uh, see that. Oh, there's the 30 car, the red one. Yeah. yeah the oh, red wait, one there's the blue it. one that he was racing against, too. Right. Uh, Tim Winkler. Being being the oddest thing that Saab uh, was a uh, aircraft manufacturer. And actually, the, yeah, Saab was an aircraft manufacturer, and the emblem on their car is a uh, dual engine prop plane that, um, and I think they, I, I believe they uh, made some fighter jets and stuff too. And that, that um, is true. They did. Um, Delta wing craft, if I re recall correctly. Yeah. Um, so they made these fighter aircraft and slow cars. <laughs> well, BMW's emblem is uh, evocative of a propeller crap because they built propeller airplanes oh i always thought that was a center of gravity nope it's about a propeller oh my bad but uh yeah the the, the sobs are now what's odd about their their two cycle two cycle uh cars no oh yeah yeah <laughs> and uh they are obnoxiously loud and terrible and smoky and the whole bit you know but they were famous for the uh, snow rallies. They would always do really well. Yeah, like the European snow rallies. Really? They would just tear it up, you know, in these <laughs> old things. So there's nothing slowing them down. Rear wheel drive, rear engine, you know, it's sort of like a, they, they would go through the snow real well and do real well in the old rallies. And Scott is not doing any audio because he's muted. <laughs> Scott, unmute. Type it in. Unmute. Can't hear you. So. There <laughs> we go. It's the Lala car. <laughs> so I was thoroughly expecting every time this car, these two cars came around the track for an elbow to be sitting out in a cigarette in their hand <laughs> because that's as fast as they went. It was maybe a martini in the other knock, hand, you know, just, eh, la, they la, la, la. could not knock the ash off of the end of that cigarette. Um, <laughs> it, they were great cars. I mean, out of all the races that we saw, all the cars were phenomenal. How did it feel to be racing on the same track as the TR6? That... Oh, he went to mute again. Yeah, he went to mute. Can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Hello. Hello, Scott. Hang on. Ah, we can hear you. I... Try that again. Hang on, because I think it just switched my microphone to. 
All right, here we go. You can hear me. I can hear you. Try again. So what I was saying was, how did it feel to be out on the track with the TR6 that lapped you twice? Ah, no, no, not at all. He lapped me once as a half a lap before the end of the race. So uh, actually, we did pretty darn well. And I felt bad that he did come around me, but I was the last car that he lapped. Uh, I was still in, what was it, sixth place? I think yes. so. Sixth place overall, first in class. And I was the last car to get lapped. Like I said, it kind of made me feel bad. I tried to stay ahead of him, but there was just no <laughs> way. Um, it was fine. Uh, it's not intimidating or anything like that. I knew he was eventually going to come around, and that's all good. Uh, but nobody else got around me, just him. I, so, I think that I think the most impressive part of that last race was you were starting to nip at the heels of the two Mustangs. Yeah, to be, uh, uh, for the first several laps, I was pretty close to them. Now their power just eventually started going away, uh, and there's nothing you could do. I mean, you're talking about I have roughly a hundred horsepower, and they have probably roughly. 400 plus um but they weigh four times the weight of your car so yeah yeah well, uh i don't know what those cars weigh they probably weigh somewhere around 3000 um I'm, I'm not sure i really don't know uh our car weighs 1300 roughly so um but yeah we <laughs> and i sort of wanted to catch them in the worst way because i'm like hey they're not really leaving me I might be able to catch these guys. It, it wasn't happening, but I, it, I, they never were out of my sight. And so that was pretty exciting as, as it was. Um, but everybody else, we, I kept behind everybody else except for that TR6. Um, it, it is an interesting thing. It really wasn't a matter of the faster cars than me I'm racing against. It was more of coming up onto slower cars. And yeah, I think the lap, the, the sobs, I think I lapped like two or three times. <laughs> um, the, the, the one alpha, which completely shocked the black me. one. He should be a ton faster than I did. Yeah. He was slow. I, yeah. I ended, uh, he was pretty new to that car, but regardless, uh, he should have been a ton faster than me. And I ended up lapping him. Um, well, even the Fiat, which I thought would have been a little bit faster, he was kind of a slow car. Yeah, that was actually one of the island cars. Um, the people, uh, that car has exchanged hands probably, see, the race has been going on for 15 years, so probably 12. <laughs> 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 so that car has probably been through 12 different drivers. Uh, but it's always stayed on, <laughs> stayed on the uh, island, and it's always running. You know, so which for a Fiat is just kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Reliable things in the world. Uh, but yeah, I think I lapped him. Um, I lapped about, I don't know, I'd probably about a third of the field. Yeah. So uh, some of the cars are not bad. It's when you're coming up against a car who has potentially as much power and handling and everything as you are, he is slower. And you're trying to get around him, and he don't want you to get around him. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, that becomes a battle. And that uh, Alpha would probably be one of the notable ones because I had a good lap and a half battle with him. And there was a few times he blocked me on my way, like, hey, hey, 
hey, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sort of like, no, I don't want you around me. I'm like, I, I want around you there, <laughs> you know? So, but it's my responsibility as the overtaking car to make sure that I don't screw us both up, you know? Um, and what ended up with him was he was just as fast as I was down the straight, but he didn't want to make the turns. (laughs) And actually that's how I got around him is we were neck and neck coming down the straight and I didn't necessarily outbreak him. He just didn't break with me and he ended up going off course. (laughs) I'm not making that turn and there he goes, you know? And, uh, and you got to watch that because you don't know when the guy's going to try to turn in on you. And all of a sudden your body work is, has a black streak down it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and, there's a fine line, fine line between wanting to win and not wanting to F up your car. Yeah. It's, it's wanting to win and. Because wanting to, that's wanting to drive your car back onto <laughs> your trailer. Okay. The, that nose cost me a couple grand <laughs> and uh, I wanted to stay for a little while though they're still making it so I can still buy another one but you don't want to screw oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the wife of the, the voice of the uh, the voice of money has spoken yeah the you, quartermaster back there you know it is uh, it is basically this so what I'm going to do is piss and moan like an impotent jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, yeah, the vintage racing is a little different in the fact that it's called gentleman's racing. And so theoretically, theoretically, you don't want to screw up. You don't want to screw up the other guy's car. If you have a choice between uh, pushing somebody off the track and, you know, giving a little bit of rubbing, you don't. It still happens on occasion anyways. But for the most part, you don't want to do that. So what was your favorite car from the weekend besides your own? Wow. Well, there was, there was a few. Uh, definitely a few. Um, I love the Jaguar. Uh, Lee Poseidon's XKE. That's just a gorgeous car. The, the dark it, blue it purple great. one. It was it was like a light metallic blue. Oh, um, that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely gorgeous car. He drives it well. He was having brake problems during the weekend. He put the wrong fluid in. He boiled his brake. Oh no. Yeah, that's why he was running where he was running. Um, but besides that, the car usually runs really well. Though it's a little big for that track. Uh, so I, I love Lee's car. The uh, Ford Anglia was incredibly impressive for it i mean it was clean it was it was gorgeous that, yeah he, he did a beautiful job on it it was show condition ran it really well yeah, was, yeah uh, he was he was quick and the engine on it was really trick um you know he had this ford cosworth engine in this thing and it had some old factory um racing options that are just non-existent anymore. He just happened to have them. Like he had this direct fuel injection, which was really, yeah, which was unheard of of the time, except for like there's probably a dozen of them made by the factory. And he happened to have one and had it installed. And you know, so I, I thought that car was incredibly cool. Uh, I was expecting I was expecting uh, Harry Potter to jump out anytime. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, but but the car did fly. <laughs> He was he was good. He was doing really well. 
Yeah, so I mean, th th that car was very impressive. It was very cool. You know, there was also some of the street cars. Now, here's a big thing about Clinton Bay and the vintage races is you have a lot of guys coming out in their old cars, just like our race cars, but they're just street cars. Some of them go ahead and put them out on the track and do exhibition racing and kind of throw them around. But these guys, it gives everybody an excuse to do more than just go to a car show. You know, I mean, all these cars, what do they do? You know, they, they go out, go for a car show and then go pick and put back in the garage, you know, and uh, that's nice. This gives them totally some, something totally different for these guys. They get to go watch their version of their car out on the track, really getting pushed rather hard, you know, and they're racing, it. you know, that is something cool about these race cars is, you know, a lot of, a lot of these cars anymore go into collections. You know, these people are buying them, put them in collections, and they sit next to their whatever Buick and this Corvette and that Porsche and whatever Lamborghini, and they sit in a collection. These cars aren't doing that. The cars were made to be driven. They're made to yes. be driven hard. And these guys, all these guys that still have these cars still are. Yeah, parts are getting harder as they get older. You know, you break a block, you break a block. You know, it's... You it may not find is. another one. Yeah, you know, he might try to weld some pieces together, but it is what it is. And it's just sort of like, but these guys are like, screw it. Cars are made to race. The cars are made to perform. And that's what they are. It's a living museum. You know, it's, it is. They're living museums. It's living artwork out there. You know, it's not just something you look at a wall and it's sitting there. It's, it's out there doing what it's supposed to be doing. And that's what makes it beautiful. But yeah, these guys in these stock cars come out and bring them out, you know, now. There were some of these uh, stock street cars, absolutely concourse cars. I mean, they're just perfect. They're absolutely beautiful. You know, there was an MGTD there. It's just sort of like, you know, you're looking at this thing. It's like, you, you don't see, a, a, a. there's not an atom of pollen that sticks to the vendors, you know? <laughs> and, well, you and, showed us one. Yeah. <laughs> You showed okay. us one of those at the car show. It was like it had the original lacquer on the fenders. It had the walnut. It was a gorgeous car. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these guys drive. There was a guy with a, I don't know, what was it? It's like an MG Magnet or whatever like that. It was a, a dual green color car. And Oh, yeah. yeah the I, guy from Florida. Yeah, he drove it from Florida. You know, and it's just sort of like, Okay, I don't know if my Honda would make it back and forth. Yeah, I know, right? You know, and this guy's driving this whatever. It took him a couple days or whatever like that, but he still drove this car from Florida. You know, a lot of these guys are driving these cars around. Uh, our friend Ron Wiggins uh, with his TR3 uh, Le Mans replica. You know, it's just sort of like, uh, you know, it's sort of like a rough looking car on the outside on purpose, but you open up that hood and it's like, damn, <laughs> this is perfect <laughs> in here, you know. And he spent a lot of time doing that. And that's something else some of the people do, and we do as well, is we kind of dress the part of it. Um, uh, Mary especially will wear a lot of 60s outfits. She finds these dresses from the 60s, and she'll wear them, you know. And a lot of people will do that. Uh, she makes sure that I have my tight, uh, straight, straight pants and <laughs> a little bit of a starch shirt sometimes. But I wear my racing stuff too, you know. Uh, once I'll, well, I'll just wear my little British cap there, my, my, my Andy cap, you know, I get my Andy cap, <laughs> but people like dressing up a little bit too. And it kind of all adds to the fun. 
Ooh, I guess I should. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I first got to speak. <laughs> brain farted. All right, so we went through that whole race weekend. Uh, it, it was it was a fabulous three days of racing. But now it's time to drink. And where do we go? Well, there's a lot of places to go. I mean, we like to go to the real bar. The real bar is a real good place to drink. That's where all the locals, a lot of the locals hang out. And it's uh, one of our favorite places to go. But there's all a right. lot of establishments out on there. All right. Uh, another another okay. place we like going is called the Red Moon. And the Red Moon is like a set up like an old speakeasy. Um, and they've got a lot of specialty drinks there that are really awesome, you know, and you, you walk into the place and it's sort of like, uh, you expect there to be a set of gangsters to be sitting in the corner or something like well, that. Well, did we, is that the place that we went to at the, the end Red of the Moon. night? Uh, that, that was the one place we went to. It was really darkly lit. And yes. we got the yeah. specialty drinks. And yeah. you were unhappy about the uh, wet versus dry martini. That's <laughs> I love Mary. <laughs> so if you want to show Mary, I posted from Google the definition of a wet martini. It's wet refers to more vermouth. And I understand the dry vermouth versus wet vermouth. Dry means white when you're talking about the wine and sweet means red. Okay, that's a completely different subject. When you're talking about building a martini. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I thought red was generally dry and white was generally sweet. Not in martinis. Oh, not in martinis. The martini oh. wine that you mix with vodka or gin, sweet is red, dry is white. And that's oh. just the wine. See, I'm not a big martini person. I'm rather a rum person. Yeah. Which, by the way, now there's a little notation. Notice the number on my car. 151. Right. Rum. Which is a rum number. <laughs> rum. Bacardi. Yeah. Now, it was five originally, though. What, what was it five originally? It was. Now, uh, for years and years, I ran the number 25. And then what ended up happening was for a short amount of time, we weren't racing so much. And another car took that number over as its permanent number. Uh, a fellow by the name of Ron So, who races out of the Midwest and has a, uh, a he works for NASA and he has a Saturn-powered midget. <laughs> oh my God! It it is deadly quick. Uh, nobody can touch it. I mean, that TR6 would have never kept up. <laughs> I mean, wow. Ron is Ron is incredible in his car. Him and another guy by the name of John Sacramento. Anyways. Um, so what ended up happening is when we got this car together, so on and so forth, we registered to have a permanent number on the car. And we had choices of different numbers, of which none of them were selected for my choices, but they gave me 151, uh, which is part of, because I, I had like either 25 or 52, so I was taken. 52 wasn't going to work. And I'm like, well, it could be 15 or 51. I wanted a five minute somewhere. They gave me 151. I'm like, epic. <laughs> Done. That's perfect. So, so the car actually has its uh, national permanent number is 151. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of the events, what they do is they give you a choice of numbers. You go with whatever. And then they, first choice, second choice. Anyway, 
you don't want two cars with the same number uh, easy enough. Um, but 151 is its permanent number, and that will always stay with the car. All right, so we we've gotten a little bit ahead of track here. <laughs> or Everybody... off track? Wait, wait, I thought we were supposed to be off track. Ah. All right. So that is our friend Bob Gatewood, him and his wife, Andrea. Now, Bob has a band called Calabash. Uh, they don't play all that often, but they were really super popular one time. They've always played up on the islands. They were a big thing downtown Cleveland. Now, uh, the matter of fact, I would guess you could say that a lot of the rock and roll Cleveland scene in the 80s, Bob was playing a lot of the places up there at one time. And uh, he mostly plays on the islands now, plays solos. He plays with Ray Fogg, who also plays uh, at that bar. It's his bar. <laughs> yeah, he can play if he wants. Right. So, and Bob, Bob is a phenomenal guitar player, and he, he's a good writer, too. He has a few songs. But him and Andrea help sponsor the race cars because they go ahead and they lend us a uh, cart for the weekend because <laughs> they uh, – they, or the week, rather. They go ahead and they have a cart rental. So amongst him being an entertainer, he goes ahead and he rents out rooms at a place that he has out there, rents out golf carts, and rents out water skis, <laughs> and plays guitar. <laughs> so uh, as many people are on the island, you wear lots of different hats. Uh, so the only reason I brought that up was because when we were at the speakeasy and Burke was complaining about the martini um <laughs> oh well later on yeah we saw bob at the bar bob had a great up. we had a great time at the bar and, and oh my god we had the uh sloppy joes <laughs> oh that was it that was that that was a real not and oh my god the vegetarian sloppy joes they were incredible if you didn't tell me it was a vegetarian, I wouldn't have known. I, they were phenomenal. Good stuff. Yeah, I've never had them myself. You uh, should try it, man. It was excellent. Yeah, I usually have the hamburgers there, or I like the fish sandwich, uh, or the grouper sandwich is usually pretty good. I think that's not what you usually get, Mary. Yeah, Mary usually gets the uh, grouper sandwich there and stuff. So uh, there's stuff that just. Ah, there you go. Uh, a vo a off-screen voice. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, how was your weekend all together? Did you have a good time? I had a great time. It was one of the best. It was actually one of the best uh, races we've gone through and, and participated in. You know, we had a couple little things go wrong. Worked our way through them and succeeded highly after working our way through them 
uh, car ran excellent. Everybody seemed to get along through the weekend. There was no <laughs> no excessive bad Violence. traumas. And nobody else got hurt. And everybody else's car went on mostly in one piece, maybe a little broken here and there. You know, and the weather held out good. And everybody had a great time. We went home in one piece. You know, we may not have to win, but when you can drive the car back up on the trailer, that's a successful weekend, you know. Well, it, it, it when really you can is. drive it onto the trailer in one piece, <laughs> yeah, that's a positive. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, for us personally, we spent uh, the rest of the week up there, and the uh, now you guys went ahead and rode on Miller boat line. The ferry's coming over, right? Yes, correct, right. absolutely, because you brought the car. And that's what the uh, Billy Market and the Miller Boat Lines, um, that's what they do. They're very good at it. And they have just added a multi-million dollar ferry to their fleet. And they were dedicating it Sunday. Yeah, so, we, I saw the pictures uh, of it. Um, I think you sent us some videos, I think. Yeah. Well, there was there was a video I took. We just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, we stayed. <laughs> we stayed for that. They dedicated it to uh, actually uh, the mother, uh, Marianne. And um, cool thing to do, of course. And it's it's a you could just about land an aircraft on that there. Uh, definitely, <laughs> you could land a helicopter on it. I'm sure. But it's uh, I mean it's huge. And but I mean it was a long time coming. And they had to struggle through it a little bit, but everything was good. They overcame everything, and uh, it'll be in their service now. But yeah, we stayed that week for it, and it was it was a wonderful week. Now, truth have it, we still don't have everything unpacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Burke, if you're not busy, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There, there's some cleaning to do for the party coming up. That's what's yeah, next. This is true. Now, I got the toolbox and stuff unpacked because I'm working on my uh, my. Uh, Gee whiz, I got to work on my on my everyday driver. What the heck? That's <laughs> how, how terrible is that? You the know? car that takes you to work should be running. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a little old. Uh, it's a Mini Cooper, uh, new new age, uh, current generation Mini Cooper. Anyways, uh, I got to replace an axle in that yet, and I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm almost there. So it's just a matter of I got to. But no, we don't even have everything unpacked yet. The house is a mess. <laughs> and this is part of it. You know, we spend all summer doing a hundred different things. You know, we had that engine failure in the late spring, early summer. So we trashed getting this new engine together. I mean, it was everything we could do to get it together. Simultaneously had... fixing the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was your help too. Uh, Burke, thank you so much again. Uh, yeah. We had some holes in our boat that we had to fix. And, uh, they were minor, small, S and all. <laughs> I, well, it, I could, I, I wouldn't have, I couldn't fit through the hole, so I guess it was. <laughs> but anyway, they have to sink, but yeah, man, they were yeah. bad. Uh, you know, so I mean, yeah, we had to get this engine, put our whole engine together in really short notice. Um, we were. And, and wait, how many days was it before the race that you actually got the engine installed in the yellow car? Uh, well, okay, from the race, it was only a week, but it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, 
well, we, we've had the, we, we had the engine in and running and the car running on Thursday and up on the trailer ready to go Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so we had just enough time to drive it around the block to let the break-in oil do what it was going to do, and away we go. And that's why we were scared, because there was something not right in that engine. And usually things never get better. It did. <laughs> I, that thing sounded and ran amazingly for you, you had were like, I, I don't like this tolerance and I don't like this, this head set up and I don't like this. And it, it, we're like, Oh God, it's going to blow up again. Oh God. And then the thing was a, a dream on the track. It was amazing. Yeah, it ran really well. Now there's some things we're going to go back and check, but I'm not going to do it anytime soon. I got other things to do first, you know. Um, we're, we may leave a few things alone. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like... It's, so... it's like it's like plumbing. If it works, don't <laughs> fuck with it. The engine runs. The engine yeah. runs good. Yeah, so we're going to sort of leave some things alone, I think, but we're going to go through it and check. You know, we have to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like it only had an not even an hour's worth of time it had about an hour's worth of time <laughs> before we had it on the track so it was enough to go ahead and break in engine oil did its work changed out put the racing oil in and away we go and whatever the pressure situation was for it i don't want to say it solved itself but by the end of the weekend it was all working well at the beginning of the weekend we had this really low oil pressure it was real scary and i'm just sort of like i don't know what this is doing and then whatever happened, and I think we know what happened. I think it was just I, like I think it was your I think it was your check valve. Your uh Yeah, there was a there's a bypass valve in that and I think that it was stuck and it unstuck and we were running basically the best oil pressure we've ever had in an engine. And it's sort of like, okay, let's go play. <laughs> what what was your favorite moment of the weekend? I'm going to ask all three of us this. Okay, the favorite moment of the weekend was after that first race. When we came in, and uh, okay, so so the, the race was over, and we come around to where we are pitted at and everything, and I pull into that little piece of pavement dr drive there, and everybody, everybody I know, you guys, Mary, the kids, and everybody are just, the hands are clapping, you're all jumping up and down. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in the car, but I'm sharing that moment with everybody. You know, it's just sort of like every, everybody had a victory at that moment, you know? And, and, and that means so much, you know? I mean, you could do this all yourself and, and you could do the victory, but when you're sharing that victory with everybody else that's working hard at it, everybody's cheering and they're up and everybody's just, they're all up. You know, every, everybody has that adrenaline high of, you know, seeing the car run well, we did well. And everybody's cheering at that exact moment when I'm pulling in and everybody's cheering and I'm seeing everybody cheer. That's the best moment right there. That, that was my best moment. Absolutely. I I would honestly say that was my best moment of the weekend. Uh, I, I love going out to the real bar and, and stuff like that. But every time you get involved with racers, you become a part of that car and i just was super proud 
of the way that you raced, first off, and the fact that I got to put my hands on the car that won a race. I mean, it, it, you just got to take pride in that. Uh, anybody that, that's in the racing world knows that, that wins are not the easiest thing in the world to come across. And when you finally get one, man, you cherish it. And, and honestly, that was that was because of you. That you let us be a part of that. And uh, thank you so much. But it, it, and it is. It's including everybody else. You know, it's. I don't do this myself. I might be the guy in the seat, but I'm not the guy. I'm the only guy getting. You know, and I sort of carry everybody. And it's the same way when something goes wrong. And there's a disappointment, and I've broken out there. I feel bad for everybody else too, you know. Uh, like the second race when you guys were watching me in the grass. Yeah, it's in my mind. I, I could actually see you guys over there because of where I was parked, and I'm like, going, "Oh no!" And, I, and I'm sitting there going, "Damn, no, this can't be happening again. No way." <laughs> you know, but I mean, I had already done really fantastic in the first race, so no regrets. I mean, there was no regrets in that moment, even though it, potentially that could have broken. Now, that wasn't the case. And we went out and were successful again. You know, uh, that was great as well. It's just, yeah, it's it's sharing that moment with you know, friends and family and everybody that's there. You know, it's uh, it, it, that's the great part. Well, I will say this. I had I had a blast. I will do it again. We will be there next year. I'm actually trying right now at this point in time to find a car. Uh, I, I, I'm ready to bring my own car. That just, it looked like so much fun and I miss racing. I, I told him as we were watching the race, there is one dark blue triumph. I think that was just trailing the entire pack. And I'm, and he's like, Oh, that poor guy. Why doesn't he pull off? And I'm like, dude, if you were in a race car on a track, would you pull off because you were last? He's like, no, no, no I wouldn't. I get it now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you could be the slowest guy on the track. If you're out there and you're enjoying yourself, that's, that's the whole point of it. Well, yeah. I, and that's like, you know, it's like burying his sobs. Yeah. Those things you're calling them Lala cars. <laughs> I mean, you know what? he's 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 what barry's probably around 80 or something like that late 70s they're having a time of their lives carl goodwin okay so there was a guy out there right had that silver devon yeah the, with okay. the court with the corvair chassis he's 91 years old i actually have and and this will be in the same uh, episode that we're recording right now. I interviewed him for 10 minutes. Incredibly fabulous man. And his daughter, his daughter was supposed to start taking over racing the Devon, but he kept tightening the clutch so that she couldn't push it in. <laughs> that, that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when I was interviewing her and talking to her, she's like, yeah, I was supposed to race this car, but I, can, I can't I can push the clutch in. And he looks at me and goes, 
Crank that. <laughs> Crank that up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, well, it's sort of like one of the um, – I've gone to multiple driver schools over my career, right? And it's always good to go to a driver school. Uh, a lot of these guys will do it. I and mean, the top drivers go to a driver school. They're going to learn something. You know, you're hearing different voices, getting different points of view. Uh, the one driver school I had, my driver instructor was 85. And he was an instructor and he was an instructor for a good reason because he knew what the hell he was doing, you know? And yeah, he's 85, but top of his game, you know, I mean, physically he's not 30, right? We got that, but still on top of his game, you know, yeah. and you can do that. You know, there's, um, there's a few young drivers out there. No doubt about it. If uh, Nick in his white Sprite, he's, uh, actually, the manager of of Joe's Bar. Um, oh wow! Yeah, another jar uh, bar on the island there. Uh, another island the car. Yeah, that 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 is an island car, and um, actually, he they just bought that a couple years ago for an incredibly good price, and it was ready to go. Uh, I don't think he's done anything but change oil and air the tires, you know, and uh, he's out there playing and doing relatively well. You know, he wasn't too far behind me. Uh, well, I think the only thing you had to worry about was the 993. Well, after the Spitfire let go, that is true. Hey, we'll see what happens next year. You know, we. I'm looking forward to next year. Hang on. I actually have an outro song for us, too. Yeah, we're going to have a couple new tires on that car, so that might make a little difference. It might. Because you said those tires were kind of spent. Uh, they cycled, cycled. They cycle out. So and they go through so many heating cycles, and then they, the rubber starts hardening. Um, unfortunately, my problem is I can't afford a bunch of wheels. <laughs> so if I could, I'd put those on another set of wheels and use them for like the hill climb coming up and use them for the street. And then use a new set for the track, but I just don't have that money, so we kind of go from there. Um, so, so yeah, it, new tires would it help? A bit. Uh, the, the nut behind the wheel—that's <laughs> a whole other story. Yeah, you know, uh, the better I get, the better the car goes, the more experience I get, so and so forth. You know, but we'll, uh, uh, you know. God willing, and you know, uh, sponsorship willing, we'll try to do a couple more, couple more events next year. You know, uh, uh, prob probably Gingerman again in the spring, which is a wonderful event that's horrendous on weather. It's probably <laughs> the worst weather thing you ever want to go through. It's like either almost snowing or raining or blowing you off the track, but there's a lot of people there, and it's a phenomenally great event. Now, uh, you had at least one GoPro on your car. Is that going to be released to YouTube this year? You'll have to. Now, my uh, my son, Alex, is the GoPro guru. So you'll have to ask him. But yes, I would imagine. Now, he has done other stuff. When we did the hill climb, uh, we went to Belfontaine. Belfontaine, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to watch that at work live, which was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and so he did. Now the GoPro actually has telemetry, so oh. yeah, so he's able to turn that telemetry on and put a set of gauges to it, which he did before. 
and it's showing some uh, G ratings and speeds and all that kind of fun stuff. I would imagine that, I mean, and Alex, this is part of what Alex does and what he enjoys. You know, he's like, hey, you know, dad's out in the car and I'm recording it. I get to watch this and do a little production of the whole thing. So uh, I would have to you know, talk to him. Yeah, he's a busy guy too, but he'll take all that footage and he has, and he'll do something good with it. And That's he cool. has before, we are on YouTube. Um, like I said, you have to talk to Alex about that and everything, but we are on YouTube. Um, there's a videos of us at the hill climb. There's videos of us at Putin Bay in previous years uh, through disasters and good times. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll have some videos this year. I'm sure he will. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I think we've discussed everything that happened over the weekend. Uh, we need to thank, what is the cigar shop's name? The cigar shop? Oh, Richard's? Uh, that would be Richard the Tobacconist. Now, our friend uh, Jessica Piscrosi. She works there. She's part of that. She helps with the team sometimes too. And uh, yeah, R Richard has a great cigar shop up there, and uh, he's he very much. A, he has a great selection. I actually smoked one of the the Putin Bay uh, versions. Special blends, yeah, special blends that he does. Incredible cigar, wrapped so tightly that I smoked it all the way down. <laughs> for 45 minutes it was the best tasting cigar i've ever had make sure that you go and visit richard's shop remember cameo pizza best pizza on the island guys go out there yeah, you know, eat it cameo's up. great roger jones great brian's great these guys are uh it's always been our favorite pizza we always <laughs> inevitably <laughs> when we go there we're gonna get we're gonna get a cameos uh, one time or another a and B rentals for a your and cart B needs. Rentals. Well, the funny thing is that we went to A and B rentals to rent a cart, and nobody answered. Well, yeah, well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't ask in advance, so that was our bad. Still, great people. Make sure that you go and rent from them. The Commodore Resort was a phenomenal place to stay. Twenty-one and over. Uh, the real bar, my fantastic place on the island, guys. Uh, no, I can't say that because we had lobster bisque. That, that, was, that was that was the that was deck, really good. Uh, what was the name of that place? The upper deck. Or? The board, no, well, the, the boardwalk is the whole set of restaurants right there. Yeah, but upstairs would be that. Yeah, um, but it's just the whole the boardwalk uh, set of restaurants. They're so, always. Go to the boardwalk, eat eat the lobster bisque. It was to die for. Yeah, um, it's pretty much as good, if not better, than anything you can get in Maine. But but honestly, my favorite place to go all weekend long was the real bar. We were I there had, two or three times, and it was, everything was excellent. The food was excellent. The owners are phenomenally awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, Angela and Andy will really take care of you well. Yeah. And They've always treated us fantastic, and uh, we're part of their uh, pirate crew for their pirate festival. You know, that's, a, that's another hat we wear. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're a lot of fun. Uh, they always have the Ray Fogg, 
who uh, co-owns the place, always has top-notch entertainment there. Whether it's Bob Gatewood, who you guys saw, yep. or and he's, he's always got some top-notch entertainment there. Some of the best on now. It's a great place. They uh, they are actually doing pumpkin spice martinis right now. Just posted that on their website today. Yep, good uh, stuff. Uh, now, before is that I a go, dry martini or a wet one? Uh, it's a little bit of a wet one there, but it's a good taste. <laughs> hey, something I forgot to bring up. I have to say this: the the open road. Oh, the open road. So here's the story behind that. Um, there's a fella. Oh, for crying out loud! Hold on one second. What's his name? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I had my brain fart. Okay. Bert Levy wrote The Open Road. The book is The Last Open Road. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> my, my partner in crime over here is correcting me. Okay. So Bert Levy wrote The Last Open Road. And the book is about sports car racing in the 50s and 60s. He's actually got a, I think he's got five books out. And they're pretty much all centered around the same thing. Um, very, and it's, the last open road is told from the point of view of a mechanic at the time, who's just a sort of like a backyard shade tree mechanic type guy who gets a job and starts working on British cars because somebody in his town has one and advances up through the ranks. And it's all about how racing was back then which you guys visiting Putin Bay is very much how it is like in Putin Bay. It's just sort of that scenario and that sort of air about. And so the whole book is about that. And all the vintage guys, the vintage cars identify with because it it's, it's their cars. You know, it's like, it's, it, the, it's written about TDs and TCs and the Healy's and the old Ferraris and the Allard's and, you know, all these odd cars and these old um, D-type Jaguars and these, you know, all this stuff that came together. And, and were the guys with the specials that kind of like would put something together, you know, and go to these and, old... And, and to kind of add on that, there was one guy that just showed up randomly at Craig's place going, hey, I need this bolt pattern on this eye hole. Do you have one? He went through all of his stuff and found the perfect part for this guy and just said, take it. And the guy was like, I'm going to bring you a case of beer. And, and, and that was just like, to me, the epitome of what this whole racing scene was about. It was like, I broke my shit. Can you help me out? Yep. Here's some beer. Awesome. We all had a great time. You know, the, you, you brought up a point about the racing world. Uh Back in, I think it was 2004, 2005, I was working with Tim Turner at K&K Racing in the Arca Remax series, and we went and did a race in uh, in Virginia somewhere. I can't remember exactly. I think it was Boston. I can't remember. Anyways, it was the main track that Denny Hamlin ran, and we showed up there. We wrecked on the first lap of qualifying Denny Hamlin's old team before he was a NASCAR star actually gave us water high pressure wash 
system to clean out our 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 radiator. I mean, they hooked us up. We wouldn't have raced that race if they weren't there. That's what racers are about. Is yeah, there's a lot of t- yeah. I carry spare parts with me. If somebody can use something, great. Uh, that happened to us at uh, Groton Raceway this spring. We broke a water pump, uh, part of a water pump. And within about a half hour, I had four of them in my hands. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, okay, everybody's breaking those. <laughs> you know, everybody, we carry a spare now. This is true. You know, but I've had people come up to me and they say, I need this nut. I got it, you know. Or, you know, yeah, the one guy had that formula car and he needed that uh, a, a rod in. Yeah. And it's just sort of like his weekend was over. Craig happened to have a rod in that was going to work. I looked through mine. I had several. Mine weren't going to work, but I carried a few spares in case. And it's just sort of like, okay. But that was one of Craig's competitors. You know, uh, matter yeah. of fact, that guy was second place over Sharon, who was in third in qualifying. So, but what fun would it be if he wasn't running? Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like you want these guys to run, you know? Uh, and the same thing happened when my car faltered in race two. Um, and I was trying to figure it out who came over. But the guy from the mini, he came over and found me and says, hey, what's going on? You know, uh, you're going to be okay. Is the car running and everything like that? You know, and I'm like. He actually walked over into the hangar. Yeah. From yeah, the other was, side of the airport. Yeah. Yeah, this is my biggest competitor, and he's wanting to make sure that we're he doing okay. He still had his How helmet on when he walked into the hangar. I was like, that's awesome. This is what racing's about. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a family thing, you know. Um, and it's meaningful to everybody who's doing it. You know, if you're if you're not if you're on the outside, it's cool. It's fun to look at. If you're on the inside, it's it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal to the people who are doing. it. So and, and, and that's really cool. So, yeah. So this last open road, everybody kind of identifies with the book. They identify with the stories in one way or another. Now, it doesn't mean that you are there or not, but you're driving the cars. The tracks are familiar because, you know, you sort of like some of these tracks are still around. Some are not. And the stories are cool as heck. It's the identifying with that. So a lot of people run that decal on the car. Uh, it's just the last open road because everybody kind of understands that. You know, it's just sort of like it's vintage racing. It's the way things were. Yeah, there's a lot of new technology out here. Yeah, we're using a lot of it. You know, but it's still, it's still a lot of the old stuff. You know, and it's you're running a carburetor, goddammit. <laughs> this is true. You know, and uh, and and, we're, and the thing is, we're doing the work ourselves, you know, which is the way a lot of the stuff was done. Um, I don't have a professional race shop that I go to. I do have a machine shop that we use here in Barbert, in Barbert, in Ohio. Um, uh, what was there, what's their name, Mary? Thunder, American Thunder. So we use American Thunder Machine Shop to do our machining. They used to be Gable's Machine Shop, which you may or may not know about of Akron. Uh, Rick Gable semi-retired, but he still touches all my engines. And uh, so it's through American Thunder now in Barberton. They do all my machine work and they're, well, they're good enough to get it running. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you do the machine work and they're pretty you, damn You quick. finished. They must be okay. Yeah. And, and they're pretty damn quick with their machine work too. I mean, you know, it's like things came back when they needed to. And that's, that's, that's super important. Uh, 
So, but besides that machine work, we do everything. You know, I do all the specking of everything. I do my own head work. I do my own crank work, uh, except for I have to have machine shop. Um, do all my own welding, all my own fabrication, all my own assembly, disassembly too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then of course we have a little help from our friends. You know, hey, come over, have a beer. I got to get this engine out tonight. You know? <laughs> yeah, we've uh, seen the live stream on you on uh, Facebook before. <laughs> yeah, you know, or it's just sort of like I can't bleed the brakes myself. I just can't do it. So you know, Alex or Mary or. Uh, somebody is over to help me with that once in a while, you know, and uh, it, it takes a lot of people. But yeah, the, the cool thing is, is it's sort of like we're doing this ourselves. You know, there's a certain amount of pride doing that. And then you finish well, you know, it's just sort of like you don't have to have a professional shop. You don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to have the time of your life, you know, and you can do a lot of the work yourself, you know, and that's. That's a cool thing. What you don't know how to do, well, I don't have enough Somebody money to might pick. know, and they might teach you. Yeah, or or, or you're going to have to learn. You know, it, it's out there. YouTube's a great place. Yeah, that too. Well, I think I think we've uh, we've hit every point that we need to hit. Uh, I am so glad that I got the opportunity to meet you, Bob. Um, you're in- thank you, Scott. It was great meeting you and having you around too. You're an intricate person. <laughs> I, I haven't quite figured you out yet. And, and you never will, just so you know. <laughs> your dancing skills are like top 10. I, I ah! Out of, you know, 100. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, it's okay. You're better than Burke. Yeah, uh, who isn't? I, I'll tell you what. The same thing gives me the dancing skills, helps me on that track, too. You, know <laughs> you got to have some rhythm, man. <laughs> yeah. Rhythm and racing in the rain. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for uh, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, remember to go to what's your website? Southwind Racing. Oh, we are actually working on a website right now. It is not going to be finished. Uh, if anybody wants to help with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just because uh, I'm, I'm not the most savvy with that, so we're kind of struggling through. But we do want to get together and finish up a website, not only for us, but for some of our sponsors. We're working on some sponsors for next year as well. Uh, so we're always looking for that. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're looking for the – grassroots type situation you know so it's not like we're looking for thousands of dollars to help support our racing you know it's sort of like uh you know throw some change in the bucket it helps you know it's sort of like so is there a place for people to go to donate to you or yeah copley ohio (laughs) uh we were actually doing that one time through uh what the hell was that mary I, i refer to the wife again yeah, we, we were having something for a while. Uh, donate to Bob.com. I don't know. Uh, actually, uh, our friend Jess was helping with that a bit. Uh, but we are going to be... Oh, yeah, we were going through a GoFundMe. Uh, the problem with that is they go fund themselves a lot. So, uh, you know, it's sort of a general donation. That, j- just contact All us. right. Uh, so what we will do is... On our website, davisandavisshow.com, 
We will post a link for you to go and help Bob, Mary, Alex, Jeff, uh, Jess. Is there anyone else that's... Yeah, there's a million other people, but those are the big ones. Yeah, right. yeah, that, that's the main crew. Everybody help, throws a hand in. Help that crew with some cash so that we can see this car make more than three races next year. And that's, hopefully win one. Oh, that's Another. fantastic. You know, it's it, it participating and letting that yellow flash around the track is great. Uh, yeah, that saffron yellow. <laughs> Pick on him for the rest of the day on that. <laughs> That's All right. your lot in life, Scott. You know what? The, 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 the brake calipers are saffron red. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, people. DavisandDavisShow.com. Please go there. Check us out. Get, get involved. Help vintage racing stay happening. Yeah, because... Thanks for listening for everybody. That's really cool. I hope you enjoyed the show and what we had to say. And uh, hey, if you got questions, uh, post and ask these guys questions. I'll get back to you with some stuff if you're anybody's curious about knowing anything. There you go, people. Bob, it was a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by. Well, thank you, a... Burke. Thank you, Scott. It was uh, it was it was a great night here. Great night talking <laughs> with you guys. I have a special song for us to go out. Oh, God. Go for it. Really go. <laughs> All right, kids, y'all have a good night tonight. I want to be rich. Hey, good luck with your jury duty. <laughs> All right, people. We'll see you next week.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.